Grease me up again, Bartholomew. I'm oh. going in one more time. That's the story of how I got stuck in a barrel. Oh, okay. Welcome everyone to Big Damn Cast, nerdy news, geeky gossip, stuff that's fit to fill your time for a little bit, I guess. I mean, you've probably got chores to get around to, important things. Awesome. Maybe maybe go like feed your pets or just go for a walk. Like You can take us with you. Yeah. You can take us with you. We could be in your ear for now. Mm. I am uh, Chris Lahargill Johnson. And I'm here under protest. That's very true. <laughs> um, we... <laughs> Uh, we 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 are reluctant this week in are many we? many ways. Well, more well more than some weeks, I suppose. More than some weeks. See, we we had uh, <laughs> more reluctant than usual. Early on, in, <laughs> early on in the show's run, we made it pretty clear that there's a there's a certain show we both really 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 like, and one that you did a previous podcast about. Yeah, I did a whole damn season, which a, a, a limited can... series one. I might add, just yeah. before anyone. Pipes up about it again. In 2015. Oh my god, that was seven years ago. 2015. Terrifying. But yeah, uh, 2015. Nine is... <laughs> um, nine is ten, the series that celebrated the return of Doctor Who to our screens ten years on. Um because I quite like Doctor Who, and it's safe to say you quite like Doctor Who. And it's been said. We'll talk we'll talk more about that soon but um soon. we made it very clear in the early days that we didn't just want to keep talking about it because we're sort of people know we like it so always yeah. ask us about it and we were always reluctant on this we... podcast to just answer questions about doctor who we uh we contain multitudes <laughs> you know not just doctor who it's yeah yours. however considering the ominous countdown that's been surrounding the show we thought it was only fair to do an episode where we just Shoot the shit about it and answer some of your yeah, questions about it. Yeah, let's shoot the shit about it. But there's been some pop culture news first. There's been a little bit of pop culture news. Some of it, hot shit dropped uh, right into our inbox. Like, literally two minutes ago. Moments ago, yeah. It's nuts. We're recording this on Tuesday the 15th. Uh, so if anything bigger comes out between now and then, fuck it. Uh, here's, our, here's our opinions on it. Oh, that was cool. Hey, yeah, 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 it was cool. I didn't like the way they did the thing. No. Uh, actually, I quite like the way they did the thing. I like how the thing did the thing with its thing. I'm looking forward to seeing more of the thing. I can't wait for the porn parody. Uh, so yeah, can't say that about the one we've just seen. Oh, no, but the thing we've just seen. <laughs> thing we've just seen. No, 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 no. Um, speaking of Adam and Joe, who, hey! no, 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 no. Um, did you know they did a, a, a brand new hour for Six Music last week? So well, Six Music celebrating now its I know twentieth birthday. Now I know. Yeah, I listened to it. It's um. It's it's a really fun hour, but it's mostly music with them doing links, and they're representing the year two thousand seven. So there's not a lot of Adam and Joe about it, oh. but there is a really fun bit where uh, Adam reads about the successful Oscar-winning actor Adam Buxton mm. um, and what he's been up to in mm. the years since 2007, because <laughs> of course Hot Fuzz was out in 2007 and his performance in that garnered media praise and 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 a fan adoration the world over. Some might say the <laughs> praise for it made him lose his head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but also, uh, there's a thing in it where Joe has an envelope full of predictions for the year 2022 that he apparently wrote and sealed in 2007. Um, and it's one of those lovely sort of like, le- cakes, 
cakes with layers of bullshit that they used to do on the oh, show, where like I one of them it. would bring something like an item or an idea, yeah. like pod facts and things like that, Glastonbury facts, facts, and it's just like. They're just bullshitting the other one and seeing how long they can seriously be like, mm, okay, yeah. It's magical. So it's worth listening to. And the music they pick is really, really good as well. But it's a bit like, it wasn't really an Adam and Joe event. It was more of a, Adam and Joe are going to host some links for an hour on Six Music. Mm. But it's, it's on BBC Sounds. Um, yeah, but right now, Ms. Marvel. Uh, the teaser trailer for Ms. Marvel just came out. Yay! With Kamala Khan. Yay! Kamala. 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 I love how they've got that in already to be like, people, pronounce the name correctly because you're all going to be doing shitloads of video essays and podcasts and God knows what about this like before it comes out. So, Kamala. Um, we see her sort of wor- hero worshipping and imitating Captain Marvel. Mm. She's built her own costume. It's a pretty great cosplay costume, to be mm. fair. Um, at one point after the exhibit, presumably after the events of Endgame, she changes the colours so that it matches her newer costume, which is nice. Um, first things to notice, charming lead. She seems really sweet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the indie style um, is nice. They're sort of carrying on the, the Spider-Man Homecoming. Yep. Uh, oh my God, what's the director? John Watts. Make it feel, if it's about young people, make it feel a bit younger. Yeah, a bit quirkier, um play on the fun of being in a superhero universe a bit more which it looks like they're doing and you know that um kamala is a sort of quirkier character than all of the leads we've had so far she is she, well, she she's a fangirl yeah she's she like she's in in the 2010s a few characters were created in marvel comics that were kind of reflective of the people who read marvel comics yeah um but not like you know big old hairy basement dwelling nerds like us but more sort of the younger <laughs> enthusiastic fans who you know? So like, uh, Miss Marvel I don't was. Have a basement. <laughs> and I've never had a basement, and I really, really want one. Oh, bay. Basement. A basement. <laughs> a basement. Uh, you, um, you, you, you and I, I think I would say, were delighted when this character first showed up. Like whether we read her stuff or just became aware of her, because it was oh, such no, a cute was, idea. Yeah. Her first, her first series particularly was very, very, very proper sweet and and yeah the whole the whole thing about like personal identity and religious identity and yeah being a young girl and like hero worshiping somebody but not quite realizing your own worth in amongst that and learning yeah. about it great story really really great stuff and also just started off this wave of characters that were fans of the marvel heroes because they've grown up in the world with them so yeah. you know like miles morales obviously is a reflection of spider-man and and whatnot and Nova, despite the familial connection and everything, like the idea of like, I'm going to be like the original Nova and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then obviously Kamala as wanting to be Captain Marvel and that really heartbreaking and sort of like, uh, uh, you know, um, personal reflection moment in her first story where she's like transforming herself to look like Carol and that yeah. whole thing of you really shouldn't be doing this. Like you should be yourself. Um, should. You know, it, it's, it's, Again, just tackling things like systemic racism and what is presumed to be things she's going to do and familial pressures and religious pressure and, you know, finding that balance between being yourself and and not disrespecting or upsetting your family, but also like knowing to set boundaries for them on what restrictions they should put on you as an individual. Big, heavy themes told in a really quirky, lovely style. Yes. Um... And also, she's a massive doodler because she creates costumes and writes fanfic. She's, she's a Marvel character that writes fan fiction. 
So the fact this trailer starts with everything being in a scrapbook style, right down to there being speech bubbles on screen for every character talking and handwriting, is yes. like that it's is very cute nice. as hell. Nice. I wonder if it's going to be a stylistic thing that they carry through into the show for certain sequences. I I kind of hope so. I would like that. I really hope so. And Lee sat there going, "You bastards! <laughs> I did this 19 years ago, and you all mocked me." Mocked me, yeah, I Yeah, you say. may have done it first, Anne. <laughs> Did you do it well? No, but bless him, he tried. Yeah, well, um, yeah, you know, amazing filmmaker. Not understand. a great Hulk movie. Amazing. amazing filmmaker. Amazing filmmaker, not amazing film. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly, Mundo. Um, we don't know who the villain is, but we know that Kamala's power set's changing. Uh, yes, I like the way it looks. She in, So, comic book, comic book Kamala? Terrigen mists, Terrigen crystals. She's an inhuman... Um, she has the power of embiggening, essentially. She, she embiggens. Like, she can stretch and change the mass of her body so she can grow bigger, she can, like, grow longer limbs, all that cool shit. Basically, if Mr. Fantastic were Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, which in, in, is. Instead of an endless stretchy guy. Oh, yeah. More, no, more he, of a big bulky kind of... He's, he's, if he was more... If he was less a roll of tape and more yeah. Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. That's yes. That's there. You go. That's, yeah. that's a great one. Um, here looks like it's to do with trinkets, alien trinkets. So she always wears these sort of wrist bangles in the comic. Well, she always wears at least one. I'm looking at the action figure and I'm like, action. Yeah, there's, there's always like one big one. She she always wears two, but there's always like yeah. one bracelet, or whatever. It looks like in this, she's uh, it's tech supported, tech related. Um, yeah, she finds some sort of trinket in a chest and gets powers from yeah, it. Yeah, she's not stretching, but she's like creating Greenland-esque sort of... Yeah, it's like energy projection. Yeah, although we get to see a few new shot, a few lovely shots in this trailer that are there to, I suppose, a sour Jenny fears that it won't look like Ms. Marvel, where she's like essentially projecting her fist. long-ass arm and yeah. a big fist. It's like, okay, we're going to see a fist. version of the embiggening. Yeah. I've I've voiced before on this podcast that like the idea of that when it was first teased from some leaked promo art, yeah, that that was what it was going to be. I was like, that kind of loses what makes her power set so visually unique. She's, it's kind of, not gross, but it it leans more into the grotesquerie of the idea of the body yeah. stretching. Mister Fantastic's always played at least you know cover art. Mister Fantastic has always oh, stretched around this corner, or he's you know he's growing tall, or he's like you know slithering above everybody to get a better oh, vantage point. Oh, he all sorts of weird shit. But in the, oh, in the comics, he's weird as hell. Yeah, Parachutes, yeah. envelops people, <laughs> like, has his fingers individually going off and controlling machines yeah, and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. But on the covers, it's always a very kind of like, oh, that man's stretching. Whereas Kamala is very unashamedly, that's freaking weird. It's like a hand's been stung by bees. It's just so massive. What's happening? So I was a bit, ah, oh, losing that's kind of... But what's more key than that is the character of Kamala being translated well and accurately mm. in the spirit of the character being kept in the, the adaptation mm. based on this trailer that's Kamala Khan oh yeah that is Kamala Khan the, the sense of Feels fun like and Kamala energy yeah, it's yeah. all there okay, yeah. so I I agree I'm not too fussed about the power change and as someone in the comments on the YouTube trailer said uh, it's probably been done to differentiate from Mr. Fantastic from Monsieur who Fantastic. we are getting in the near future Mr. Fantastic based um, on rumours in the very near future uh, in really? a cameo appearance in Multiverse of Madness. Well, they keep saying that. They keep saying that. And keep, I wouldn't put is, it past him. It there... might not be the MCU for Mr. Fantastic, but I wouldn't be surprised if Owen Griffith just rocked up for is, a scene. Is there a list somewhere of all the actors and characters who haven't been rumoured to be showing up in, in Multiverse of Madness? Uh, let's decide who definitely won't show up in it. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, ain't... Uh, D- Danny Jr. because he's like, yeah, I'm kind of done he's now, done, guys. He's done, he's done. Uh, fucking. For crying out loud. Uh, Angel Dust. <laughs> <From> <laughs> <Death> <laughs> <Hill>. <laughs> she ain't fucking cut sheet showing up. 
Oh, um, Star Wars, uh, Lego Star Wars, the complete... The, the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Uh, it's been revealed that in the Mando stuff, uh, Cara Dune is a playable character, which of course they could very easily just edit out because the Mando stuff's not a full yeah, this is true. Full storyline. It'll be one of those truncated DLC kind of vibes. This is true. But the fact she hasn't is alluding to the idea that maybe they're planning something more for the character, irregardless of who's playing them. Uh, it would not surprise me if they recast Put her in, a, put her in an animation. Put her in an animation. Have someone else voice her and put the character in an animation. Like, there you go. Boom. Um, dead Simples. Dead simple. That's another trailer that came out this week. Obi Wan, or rather Obi- Kenobi. Obi Wan. Um, Desperado. Inquisitors. Um, We've got Inquisitors. I've got Inquisitors, including the Grand Inquisitor. But from Rebels. But he doesn't look exactly like he does in Rebels, so it's not right. I don't want to change. I've signed a petition to get it changed because nothing else more important is going on in the world. So it's in live action. It's a new interpretation. But they're in live action in episode three, and they have long faces. And yeah, that's fine because what they will have done is to capitalize on the look of the characters. They would have cast tall actors with that longer physique it's People Bruce Spence like seven foot. yeah exactly it's Bruce Spence of course got a long fucking face it's Bruce fucking have you seen Bruce Spence have <laughs> you seen him lately where is Bruce Spence where in the world is Bruce Spence <laughs> um, there's no uh, look they've cast whoever they want for the role if they want to spend money digitally extending their features, they can. If not, they don't have to. Doesn't fucking matter. You are so fucking lucky. You are so... Fu- you have a Star Wars live-action television universe, bitch! And you- this is what you're hung up on. Go away. Go touch some grass for the love of fuck. Sorry. Look, look, Chris. Remember when they ruined Cad Bane in live action? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. He looked great. Because he looked fucking well, that awesome. guy, that guy went in and digitally tweaked it to make it look more like the animated version. Well, that's, he had too much time on his fucking hands, didn't like, he? It was like, that's fine, that's cool. What a cool bit of effects work that guy's done. Hey, guess what? You just got Cad Bane in a live action Boba Fett show. Whether you like the show or not, whether the shows have problems or not, you got it. You can choose to like it, dislike it, doesn't fucking matter. I believe in Cad Bane. Oh, Jesus. I believe in Harvey Dent. Um, Long Cad Bane. It looks fun. We don't see much. We see Uncle Owen, same actor playing him from... Yeah, Joel Edgerton. I believe the actress who played Baru's returning as well. Yeah. Uh, we know about young Luke, for the love of fuck. Young Shitty Luke. internet culture. Do not Jake Lloyd this kid. So it looks like... Do not Jake Lloyd him, you It looks like pricks. it's about ten years after Sith. Yeah, because Luke looks about 10, looks 11. About 10. Yeah, so it's about another 10 or so years till... Pretty uh, much smack bang in the middle. Yeah. And it's um, before he kills Maul. Because again. it also came out this week that Maul was in the series yeah. as pitched. And then when they got... What's the name who's directing it? Oh, God. She, did, she did a shitload of Mandalorian. Um, I don't remember. She's done a really good job as well. I feel really bad for forgetting a name. I'll look it up. But, well, um, there's a lot of names. Let me look it up while you talk. Well, the director of the series. Yeah. Um, she, what do we call it? Uh, she overhauled a lot of the story. Yes. Well, they, yeah, the they basically phase. scrapped all the scripts, didn't they? Yeah, she came in. Because originally it was going to be a film. That was the thing. It was going to be a film. It was going to be uh, Kenobi, a mm. Star Wars story. Mm. And then Solo didn't do so well. Rogue One did all right. Solo didn't do so well. And Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow. Thank you so much. Deborah Chow. Um, Solo didn't do so well, so they scrapped it. But obviously, 
you know, you McGregor and others had signed on were like, are, are we doing something or what? Like, what's going on? Mm. Mandalorian Series 1 does gangbusters, and then that's when they went, mm, Kenobi! Like, it was about a year later. It was, it was 2020 <laughs> Christmas where they just did that massive slate announcement for Disney Plus stuff. Yeah. And it was like, Kenobi's happening, motherfuckers. And it's going to be a Disney Plus series, a limited series, which I'm happy with. I like the fact that it's six episodes and done. I think that's the right way to do it. Make it an event. Make it a mini-series that all people tune in for and enjoy. Yes. Same with Book of Boba Fett. I don't want another Book of Boba Fett. Yes. It's a fun little bridge between Seasons of the Mandalorian. Um, but, yeah, and then apparently, you know, uh, uh, higher-ups, Kathleen Kennedy and whatnot, Lucasfilm, turned to... to uh, oh, what's the name again, sorry? Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow, Deborah Chow. Turned to Deborah Chow um, and Dave Filoni and said... Do whatever you think is necessary to tell the best story you can of this character in this time period. And they went, okay, Darth Vader. So, <laughs> Which is going to be interesting. Are we going to see Darth and Obi-Wan face off in between Sith and A New Hope? Because it could happen. It could work. Yeah, because they, they never they never did, did they? They never did in any of the spin-off I mean, media, any of the canon spin-off media. They don't anyway. actually, he doesn't actually turn around and say it in New Hope. The last time I saw you was when you left me burning on Mustafa. All he says was... When I left you, I was but a learner. Now, now I am the master. master. Yeah, and it's entirely possible that he still felt like he was learning and whatnot. That if they faced off in this interview, well, then it, I, yeah, yeah. But they, they, well, they guys, might not. But he doesn't say when I last saw you. I they was might but a not learner. even cross paths. They might not even cross paths. Like we may get Vader, and they may not cross paths. There's an imperial meeting room at one point in the trailer mm-hmm. with a chair that's clearly for Vader because it looks like his fucking Mustafar castle. Mm-hmm. It's this big pointed back to the chair. No, we're getting the, uh, Rupert Friend is the Grand Inquisitor. In yeah, this. yeah, great um, casting. Good casting, really good casting. Uh, I like uh, we've got another Inquisitor character. She's a new one who's yes. not been introduced before because the Inquisitors have been in Rebels, in the yes. Marvel comics, they've, they've in um, Jedi Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. The second Inquisitor, she's yeah. like the main villain, so she gets was fifth brother in. Uh, thingy as well I don't think so is it it Ninth Sister I can't remember the name now basically the one who looks like a giant orange crocodile hippopotamus creature she's a a really cool cool boss fight in Fallen Order seemingly dies falling out of a tree on Kashyyyk but we never see the body so Kashyyyk's a big place Kashyyyk's a big place she might have fallen on uh, Lumpy's porno holograph machine (laughs) um Oh. Maybe she's she just been sat there recovering watching some Jefferson Starship. <laughs> Why would you, though? Some Harvey Coleman doing a cooking you? show. You want to know, know something about <laughs> Jefferson Starship? They're not as good as people say they are. We built this city, it's not a good song. Next. <laughs> Thank you. Next. Um, Jesus Christ. And uh, yeah, McGregor, glimpses of him want to see more this new Inquisitor she looks quite cool I'm interested to learn more about her um, I'm interested to just see the series and see what they do because like mm. I like Obi-Wan Kenobi I like Ewan McGregor and if they want to bring him up against Anakin again I'm, I'm here for it if they don't it's cool to see Darth Vader I like Darth Vader I love the Darth Vader comics so particularly the Kieran Gillen ones mm. so I, why wouldn't I want to see more Darth Vader I think he's an interesting character that we can explore I am also weirdly glad we're leaving Tatooine because even though at first I was like if it leaves Tatooine it's kind of the point of his exile and his, his self-imposed watch over the Skywalker child is kind of disrupted well, if he if, has to leave but at the same time we spent a shitload of time on yeah. Tatooine in the last few years in these shows if there's something that is a threat to Luke that is not on Tatooine yeah. then it makes sense that he would go and tackle that yeah 
Because that's the thing. No one necessarily knows that Luke is there. No. That's why Obi-Wan is staying there, because he's yeah. keeping an eye out in case someone figures it out. So if he leaves planet to go and do whatever, I suppose, yeah, Luke's not under any immediate threat. Unless, of course, it's about people hunting down the Jedi going, now why is that Jedi there? Yeah. What's what's this all about? What's on Tatooine? Yeah. Well, it's out of the way. Tatooine. To be fair, what's on Tatooine? you get away with hiding on Tatooine because it's supposed to be bumfuck nowhere in, in, in terms of the galaxy. The bumblefuck of nowhere. Yeah, it's just like... It is the <laughs> bumblefuck, middle... bumblefuck Kenobi. It is, it is... I've not been called that in a long time. It's like podunk shit town. Uh, yeah. Of, of... <laughs> Of the Star Wars galaxy, so yeah. But, and, I'm, and I'm yet, excited. Everything happens there because people like it. Um, got, yeah, I'm, got... I'm looking forward to Obi Wan Kenobi. I, I on, on gen- generally, I like Star Wars things. Yeah. I, I like it that they happen. I am. I happy don't always like Wars them Wars when things. I've seen them. Yeah. But I like Star Wars, so give me Star Wars. Yeah. Give me pizza. I will, I will, I will watch. <laughs> Whipped cream flows like waterfalls. I will watch. <laughs> Star Wars stuff, even if it's not always good. And if it's not good, I just won't go back to it. There yeah. we go. See how easy that was, do. everyone? That's what we do. Uh, Moon Knight looks fun. We've got one last teaser before it's released a week or two it's from Moon Knight, now. Looks pretty slick. Uh, the, the teaser trailer, the, the TV spot, gives us a glimpse of Steve talking to Mark Spector Steve in Reeves. his reflection, which is nice. Like, I, I, Steve Reeves. Yeah. But like that's cool. So it's like, he will be briefed no, he, he won't have to completely he put will. the story together. Will it be brief, though? I think it was only six episodes. God. He won't have, he's not necessarily having to put the whole story together himself. One of his other personalities will be there in his head yeah. somewhere trying to guide him into it. Which is cool. I love I love the choice to be like, right, comic book reader, who's Moon Knight? Oh, it's Mark Spector. Right, cool. Is it? TV adaptation. All right, who's the show about? Steve. 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 Wait, what? What about Steve? Mark Spector? This is how we're going to fucking learn about Mark Spector. Through the eyes of another one of his personalities. It's like, oh, that's a great idea. Through the eyes of Steve. Um, They also clarified a lot this week that they work with uh, people who study and, and, uh, you know, um, deal with people with with disassociative identity disorder Mm -hmm. to make this as sensitive as possible. They didn't want it to be seen as a horror gimmick. Um, so it looks like essentially they're not going to do anything too they're not gonna do outlandish. Split. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Again, for that matter. bless McAvoy, fucking incredible performances. But did you ever get around to seeing Glass? No, your review was all I needed, Mate, and it was beautiful. It's fucking gash. I think it's on Netflix. So I might give Glass it. A, is I might gash. give it a spin. Um, Glass is gash. No, it might be Disney Plus. Actually, it might be on Star. Oh yeah, it might be on Star. Speaking of, so the. The Netflix shows have a, confer- a confirmed transfer. The Marvel Cinematic oh. Universe Netflix shows have a confirmed transfer uh, to Disney+. And in America, they're looking at setting the parental controls and changing everything. And a, bo- a boatload of right-leaning media is up in arms about the idea that Disney's going to put this stuff up for our kids to watch. God this is disgusting. It. And it's so weird to me because I'm like, motherfuckers, we've had Star since last year. We've had non-kid-friendly content on Disney+. Plus. Since last year. Yeah, but because year. no one cares about things until someone makes them aware that there's something that they can get attention by being mad about. Well, I wor- well, I wonder. That's the reason that these people no. are mad about this. They're mad about it because mm. someone's gone, oh, you should be mad about this. You'll get some attention. And then they'll go, I'm outraged by well, it. Well, I, wonder, I wondered why they're using it to kick off. And then I did a bit of digging. There hasn't been anything that isn't family friendly 
on Disney Plus in the States up until these ones oh, being added. Oh, because they've got Hulu, haven't they? Because they've got Hulu. Yeah, because they've got Hulu, they've got the Fox Network, which even though uh, Disney own it now, obviously, like, you know, they've, they've got their own um, platform and channels and stuff to show yeah. things. Fox News is the only non... is the only non-Disney Fox thing. Yeah. Uh, hence why they're the ones leading this bullshit. Yeah, even they didn't want that. Um, and... Let's make, let's make my mistakes. Disney ain't fucking perfect. Oh, God, no. Um, Especially you know. with the stuff about coming out by the Don't Say Gay thing. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeezy, jeezy, jeez. Florida, you fucking shit. Just don't. Can't wait to go back there later this year. Just oh, not? God. Just not? With the, with the anti-LGBT stuff, please. Thanks. Oh, speaking of anti-LGBT shit and uh, bad, bad timing, uh, the, uh, the PlayStation, next PlayStation State of Play will be out by the time this episode's out. And um, what is it? It's Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> you picked... Let me see. Again, um, just to reiterate, Hogwarts Legacy and the people who made it, they're not anti-LGBTQ. They're not transphobic. Yeah, but you want to But talk it's about weird that this is the week that it's getting some promotion wanna... after a solid near fortnight of J.K. Rowling just being wading into every Twitter conversation and basically dumping transphobic beliefs Jesus. everywhere. It's, it's ironic that the game's called Hogwarts Legacy because that's exactly what J.K.'s pissed all over. Yeah. Like, she's just squatted herself and, and pooped out all over all the old um, Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. It's tarnished. It's mad, isn't it? It's mad. It's, and I feel so bad for everyone who's worked on it. The really cool thing that's come out of it on social media, though, is everyone remind, is people reminding everyone how great Terry Pratchett was. Yes. <laughs> In comparison. Yes. Because <laughs> like, oh, it was also the anniversary of Terry Pratchett's death. Yeah, um, a, few, a few months back, um, uh, sort of uh, uh, far-right movement were trying to co-opt Terry yeah. Pratchett. And it was really weird, because every, every time they attempted it... <laughs> People will come back with five or six other story, character, or, or um, quotes, like related things, going, um, the fuck are you talking about? And show that, like, no, so Terry was one of the most progressive and kind hearted mm. fucking writers on the planet. And then his daughter comes on the scene and is like, uh, listen, Chuckle Fucks. Yeah. <laughs> I know what my dad was like, because I'm his fucking daughter. You ain't going for any of this right wing bullshit. So you can fuck right off. You yeah. get on your bikes. It's mad, isn't it? It's mad. Emma Watson uh, presented an award at the BAFTAs <laughs> this week, where uh, Rebel Wilson hosting made a joke about like you know she's a witch and you know and whatnot. And then Emma Watson comes up and she says, "Yeah, uh, I'm I'm here for all witches." Yeah. And then mimes bar one, and it's like, wow. And the look and on her face as well. It's so it's cheeky. Very good. And I can we just take a moment to say if you are there going. Fucking Emma Watson, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, biting the hand that feeds. I'm sorry, it. you're saying that they need to either stay out of any discourse around J.K. Rowling or back her up because their first successful like acting job that got them prominence was playing characters in adaptations of her books. So you're saying that because they are they're famous now because of her. No, they're famous because they did an audition and they got the fucking part in a movie. Well, Yes, those parts only existed because of her. But here's the thing: Did they all? If if you if you if you were born into an abusive into an abusive family, where every day your parent or parents beat the fuck out of you, every day, for your entire childhood until you got into adulthood and left, would you then stick with them and defend them after that? 
No, of course you fuck. But they gave birth to you. Yeah, then they treated me like shit for 17, 18 years. Why would I support them? This is the same kind of thing. It's the exact same kind of thing. I'm sure obviously she didn't. Someone's going to go, what are you saying that she beat them? No, of course not. Don't be fucking stupid. But like, if they, as children, got this gig and became famous because they played roles in a franchise that she created, and then she turned around and shot somebody on Fifth Avenue, would they then defend her? Of course they wouldn't. Why would they? If they why have, if should they, they? Why should they? Like, it's it's bizarre. It is utterly bizarre when people use that as an argument to me. Like saying, you know, you owe me. You owe me. What a horrible, like, creepy mob mentality version of, um, of like, family and support. Do you know what I mean? Mm. What a weird, like, well, you got to stay out of this because they, uh, it's like, I'm sorry. Are they currently earning money because of Harry Potter? No. Well, possibly. and even if they were, they're adults. They're yeah, within their right to go. Do you know what? I don't support what she's saying. Hmm. I just, oh god, I don't, I don't. Ugh. Joan, get off the internet. Um. <laughs> just yeah, just stop being online. Get off the internet, and it should go without saying. <clears throat> trans women are women. Trans men are men. Yeah. Um. Trans rights. Trans lives matter. Yeah. Um. Fuck how this, do fuck I, this transphobic bullshit. I mean, how do I beat Beaver Bother? How do I beat Beaver Bother, Graham? How do I do it? Um, yeah. It's just... Do you know what pissed me off on the internet this week? Last thing before we go into uh, Many it. things. Many, many things. Batman came out. The Is Batman. It? Oh, The Batman. We watched it. We, we had a, watched it. We had a great time. I, it's a long time, but I, it's a good time. I've still, I've still been thinking about it. Yeah. And nearly two weeks on, I still think about it. it it's a phenomenal <laughs> <Thumb> film. drive. <laughs> It's great. Is it? Is it perfect? No. no. Has it got problems? Yeah. yeah. Has it got it's too some, fucking long? Yeah. It's got some weird narrative choices. There's some stuff I don't particularly care for. As a Batman fan, I'm I kind mean, of I'm kind know. of upset that we're probably not going to get the more fantastical elements based in the world they set up going well. forward. But at the same time, it's got a hopeful ending, and the yeah. whole movie's about hey, dark gritty. Like I work alone, Batman is reductive. And in, in, he needs to be better than that. That's the message of the whole movie, which makes me happy because I'm like. I can't wait to see where they take this next. In the wake of it, I've gone back and read Year One and yeah. Long Halloween, and I'm currently reading Dark Victory and just remembering, oh yeah, these are fucking great stories. That that Jeff that Jeff Loeb Tim Sale team up as well, so so good. Yeah. Um, did you know that? Did you know? Apparently, not only is Robert Pattinson the worst Batman, but he's also not the worst Batman because the worst Batman is apparently Michael Keaton. What? So we gave him two ears up, Chris, in our official Batman ranking. Mm, banking. <laughs> um, in the Bat Spank Bank. Um, uh, it's become uh, a common practice by not all Snyderverse uh, aficionados. A certain, a certain subset of uh, those who yeah. sweet under the restore the Snyderverse yeah who it's become common practice amongst quite a lot of them to shit on any other version of Batman that isn't Batflex it's become, I mean it's, it's long been a a common behaviour of theirs to shit on any version of any DC thing that isn't the one that they like Peacemaker gets shat on by them oh, the Suicide Squad not that the, I've seen they, it. They hated, it's not available in they the UK hated, yet. Well, but Peacemaker's very, very good. So he's heard. So I'm told. Um, 
like they shat all over Shazam. Uh, Shazam's fucking. They they defended Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four despite because of Zach and Deborah's involvement as producers, despite the fact that it was quite obviously, again, objective opinion, not a good film. It's subpar. It's subpar, especially when compared to compared to its predecessor and everything. Yeah, I really it's, wanted to. to oh, like I, yeah, I wanted to a lot more than we, I did. We I never go into anything wanting to hate it. We always. Want I was looking forward to it. it. You know, um, it was like the first new movie that we watched in a year and change. Yeah. And it was like here we go. And we watched it and went, oh no, disappointed. Um, it Kevin Sorboders. Oh, uh, well, yeah, disappointment. Uh, but yeah, so we we. You know, they, but they they stood behind it because it was produced by Zach and Deborah. Even though Zach and Deborah have production credits on Shazam and like Birds of Prey and other movies that they apparently hated. Zebra. Oh God. Um, Jesus. Do you remember when we said ages ago that if a version, uh, if a if a Snyder cut of Justice League was ever actually created, yeah, that would not be enough for for this culture that's built around wouldn't it. Wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you fucking know it because now they are pushing so aggressively for Ben Affleck to return as Batman and they're slagging off the, the Batman because Have it, they asked him? The well, here's Have the they thing. asked Ben Affleck whether he wants to do it or not? He has been quoted in several interviews now saying that he doesn't want to return. Yeah. He's done. He's done. He's had enough. Look at what he did to him. He broke his spirit and he was out and it wasn't a very fucking sturdy spirit to begin with. He's not exactly had the, the you know the most um, let let's let's say uh, stable, you know, mental health and mm. um, uh, personal life, and then he's this is just broken him even further. And you're like, but I want to see more Billy Batman. See, you want to see more Ben Affleck putting himself through something that is clearly harmful to him because I want more Billy Batman. It's like no, let the dude do the do like what he wants to do. What no he doesn't mean, want to yeah. do. Yeah. He's by no means a perfect human being. I'm not like, mm. oh, Ben Affleck is a saint. Like he's clearly done bad things yeah. to people and he's hurt people. But he deserves to at least try and be better, mm. like we all do. So stop trying to force him and begging him to doing something that he don't want to do for your own entertainment. Because no one cares about you. So dude, dude came back stop. to reprise the role for several new scenes for Zack Snyder's Justice League. So he obviously cares enough about your opinion. Is, that he, he, is he in that the he, flash as well? That, well, that's the thing. He cares enough about the, this fan base's opinion that he's like, I'll come in and I'll help Zach finish this version of the movie he's going to make. I'll reprise yeah. the role for a few new scenes. And he is in Andy Machete's upcoming The Flash. He's one of two Batman incarnations that will be appearing in it alongside Keaton. Keaton's universe seemingly being the primary one where the, the, the story of the film is set, or at least a bulk of the second and, you know, act is set. Is, it is difficult <clears throat> to share a screen with Ezra Miller. <laughs> Don't get me started on That's a whole separate thing. I mean, well, yeah. We'll, we'll get Do you know what? I'm I, Without telling everybody, because you can wait till next week to find out officially what's going on, everybody... But I'm so glad we don't have to fucking talk about Fantastic Beast three in any capacity. I mean, Yay! we weren't going to see it. We weren't going to see it anyway. Yay! But like now, we are under no obligation to even talk about. I mean, I've managed to avoid the first two, so <laughs> I'm not looking to get into oh. the third. It's like as as an adult, it's like I'm not saying that the Harry <laughs> Potter like universe is childish, but as an adult, it just doesn't have the same charm. So when you take away the characters that you grow to like over those seven books... And especially with the film adaptations, films, the actors yeah, that play the them that make you go, what a great performance. When you take those away, I yeah. don't think the universe itself is compelling enough to, to for me to want to visit stories set in it. Because 
as fantasy universes go, I just don't think it's a very interesting or well thought out one. Like, I'm not saying that everything has to have impeccable logic. I mean, look at the shit I like. But <laughs> what are you currently holding in your hand? I'm looking. I'm holding a Transformer. Exactly. Um, it's ridiculous. It's fantastic. Like, I only like roughly fifty percent of Transformers media. Um, to be fair, uh, so maybe less than that. Uh, but <laughs> but it, it just it just isn't compelling. And like mm. it's 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 one of those things that is not compelling enough. You know, I don't think it's a it's a must that any sort of fantasy setting or universe must be. Uh, must have logic that you can examine and go, well, that's flawless. But if something is not interesting or exciting enough for you to, A, either not notice that it doesn't make sense, mm. or B, not care that it doesn't make sense because you're having so much fun and enjoying engaging with it so much, see Star Wars, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the, the poorer Star Wars media is not enjoyable enough for you to so make that disconnect. I don't think the Harry Potter media outside of the books and some of the movies is good and is compelling enough on its own to make that you know to, to keep you from from seeing the joins mm. and the joins are not very strong I, no. think, I think I don't I just don't think it's a particularly interesting universe to play in for all that people seem to fucking love it yeah once you take away those characters from those books I just don't I don't get it how long before the Warner Brothers studio tour down outside of London changes to like Warner Brothers movies in general do you think <laughs> Oh, can't come soon enough. Well, I can imagine them keeping... Warner Brothers have got so much them, cool stuff they could show off. I can imagine Harry keeping Potter. Harry Potter sections. Like, the Great Hall there is an impressive set, and, mm. like, the Forbidden Forest expansion. I imagine them keeping stuff like that, but then being like, right, fuck it. This section's now Batcave, and we're going to do Batman movie. I mean, there's a bit of Batman exhibit tour in the US for the last, like, six, seven years, with stuff from, like, the Burton, the Burton films, the Schumacher films, mm. uh, the, the, the Nolan movies, stuff from the DCEU, like... Imagine if that exhibit, they were just like, fuck it, we're bulldozing this section, it's going to be the Batcave, we're going to have a shitload of Batmobiles, <laughs> and it's like, yes, boys! We're going to get the Batcave back that used to be in Manchester and Tail. Oh my All god, All those yeah. years back. Oh. Have fun memories, mate. Oh, fun, the fun Batmobile memories. used to be parked outside the store, it was the one from Dude. Forever, right? No, it was the one from Returns. Was it Returns one? Yeah. Oh, that was. I was very or, young. Or eighty nine. I was very young when I saw. No, because it, it was pre Forever. Yeah, because because uh, it was then. My main Batman memories. Was. My main memories of going to the Warner Brothers store in Manchester as a kid was by that point the Batmobile had gone and it was yeah. like the, the Looney Tunes characters were around the fountain. Yeah, outside, yeah, so. yeah. Um, God, I love it. Anyway, oh, um, thing, Ben Affleck does not want to play Batman anymore. No, he's got one more performance of the character that is in the bank. Enjoy it. Don't shit on other Batman. And also, no offence to the men, but obviously the performances is what I'm referring to here. If people are saying they bring about the worst Batman with Keaton, your motherfuckers never watched Clooney's performance, did you? Yeah, but it's not important. It's not relevant to their arguments. Or ignoring exactly. It. It doesn't exist. Bullshit. You're all a bullshit. And one last piece of news, which is DC related, and this isn't us mocking. This is genuinely kind of weird and sad. This came out shortly after we recorded last week the slate of release for the DC movies mm. has been massively affected last week. And as of yet, we don't have an explanation as to why. So the Batman came out two weekends ago and, uh, what was next slate to come out from DC was DC's league of super pets. The crypto, the super dog movie, mm-hmm. uh, was coming out next, which released a new mini teaser last week, revealing that Keanu Reeves is the voice of Batman. <laughs> yeah. Which I quite like. It's sort of this weird John Wick subversion thing with him, like not yeah. wanting a dog and then getting a dog yeah. is like, this is great. Um, really fun choice of casting as well. Um, 
And then we were going to get Black Adam. Um, originally, we were going to get Black Adam earlier this year, Black and then Adam. it was slated for later in the year, right? Yes. Um, and then we were going to get The Flash later this year, and then Aquaman in time for Christmas. Yes. This was the year of heroes. Like, that was the whole thing. That was the market. I mean, the post credit scene for the Batman is the Year of Heroes promo in cinematic proportions. The Batman, Black Adam, The Flash, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Only one of those post-Batman movies is now getting a release this year. So, hmm. after the announcement last week, DC's League of Super Pets has been bumped back by two months. Black Adam has been bumped back to October-November release slates yeah. later this year. Yeah. So it's coming out around Halloween. Um, Shazam! Fury of the Gods has been brought forward to this December. So that must be in a state where they're ready to roll it. Yeah, I would hope. Um, I mean, yeah. And which I'm happy about. Makes I, sense. Shazam's one of my favourite films from the DCEU so far. So getting the sequel sooner... And not long after the Shazam spin-off Black Adam. Great! We're getting two fucking, you know, um, old-school Captain Marvel-related movies within the space of two months. Yeah. Brilliant! That's amazing. Drum up that publicity and then have the inevitable crossover with both characters sometime in the next two years. Uh, and then finish it. Close it off there. That's it. That's it for both characters. Isn't this great? Four movies. Really cool. The Flash has been moved back to next summer. Aquaman's been moved back to next spring. Yeah. Um, how this affects any other upcoming projects remains to be seen. But as of this recording on Tuesday the 15th of March, we don't know why this has happened. Imagine spending the first two months of the year pushing a big promotional campaign about how 2022 is DC's year. Yeah. And then suddenly having to shove it all back. It's weird, man. It's so weird. Like making a big deal out of, you know, Keaton's Batman Returns. Shit. We don't know how it's going to affect HBO's Batgirl movie yet. But we don't know how that's going to... That's, with oh, it being yeah. Ke Keaton and also J.K. Um, Simmons yeah. as Gordon, this suggests that after The Flash, things are going to be mushed around a bit in terms of the universe. So that's going to have to be put back, I guess, to... to Compliment the Flash being put back to next summer. Because I think Batgirl was slated for early next year. And now it'll have to be later next year at the very earliest. Yeah. This is weird. DCEU fans, both sane, sensible and unhinged. Um, I feel for you. This sucks. It sucks that you're having to wait longer. Mm. That's so weird. Um, hopefully you are of the same mind that you can still enjoy other superhero media and have a good time with it. And you're not part of this really stupid bullshit fraternity Marvel versus DC brain because that's that brain rot is setting in like crazy. We're just it? not anymore. Yeah. I said on Twitter, do you remember when nerd culture, geek culture, was seen as uncool, and now it's the mainstream? These pricks are going to make it uncool again. Like, can we can we not just like multiple things? Is that all right? Can we can we like? It's we... cool to like none, one, or both. It's totally fine, and y'all need to shut the fuck up. Speaking of things we like, but things reluctantly we like, talk but we about. We are reluctant to talk about because it just leads us down. You've been down that road, Neil. You know where it goes. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still getting a fourth film like 20 years later for some reason. We should talk about that at some point in the future. But anyway, in the that's not what we're talking about today. We're I'm talking about... We're talking about a commentary. 
for Patreon.com slash Big Dumb Talking about, about, talking about, talking about, talking about, talking about, talking about Doctor Who. Old and new Doctor Who, you bastards. Bit of context for those who just haven't heard or haven't been around long enough on the podcast to know. What was your first exposure to Doctor Who? Um, it was a man. <laughs> Which one exposed themselves to? <laughs> it was a man wearing a big hat and a big scarf, jumping out of the bushes on the way home from school. Big coat, uh, nothing his else. Coat. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, it, oh, God, it would have been um, <laughs> some of the BBC repeats in the early 90s um, when I was but a wee band. Mm-hmm. Um Either Pyramids of Mars or the Green Death, and then the couple of VHSs that my dad had. My dad was a big Doctor Who fan. Um, and then that is he's, he's not gone anywhere. Um, speed back in the past tense. He's in the, um, he's in the bushes trying to find that flash. Yeah, he's trying to kick his ass for like thirty years. years. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, we we just as I got older and got more into it, we accrued more the chesses and then later DVDs, and I've just loved the classic series, and then some. Clever bastard called Rusty T brought it back. And, Clever bastard uh, called Rusty T. And then and then you know <laughs> they brought it back, and the show just went from strength to strength and didn't at all um, become contentious and uh, patchy in quality after other showrunners took over. Um, and it's the best it's ever been. I mean, it's the best looking it's ever been. It Let's be honest. It's for the um, last, the last. You know, we we've been me and Lucy in our marathon for for our YouTube series of been in series six of the Modern Run, which is where my interest in it started to get challenged a lot because of decisions and yeah. certain stories. And I'm generally positive on Chibnall's run as well. So, but it's it's it looks fantastic. It look it's good. a fantastic looking show it still. Look and central performances are the things that seem to keep me coming back. Like, yeah, I think Matt. Smith, I've said this before. I think Matt Smith. Is the strongest actor of the modern era playing the role? Mm. Not counting, obviously, you know, one offs like John Hurt or Joe Martin. I'm, I mean, consistently, because even if I'm having a terrible time with the story, or I think the dialogue that the Doctor's been given is weird, creepy, or sexually inappropriate, which happens a lot in his latter half, because mm, uh, yeah. Moffat can't keep his pen in his pants. He's very weird. Like um, Smith is endlessly watchable. He is. He's very watchable in a way that Capaldi, incredible actor, no actor who plays who's played the part ever. Full stop. Is a bad actor. They are all phenomenal talents. This is true. Um, every single one of them, splendid chaps and chapesses, all of them. It's the charisma. But Smith carries me through stories I dislike. In a way Whereas that some other Capaldi hasn't managed to. Yeah. Jody hasn't managed to. Yeah, it, it's just there's something about him. It's just like what a proper bubbly child of a man that he is. That yeah. enthusiasm shines through. Uh, my Shame. my um, uh, my exposure was uh, TV movie as a kid. Yeah, one of my earliest memories is remember, I remember getting excited about when it was coming out. I was in a caravan in Newquay, and uh, I remember my dad being really excited about. It. We had to be back that evening, like we're on holiday, you know, in Cornwall or whatnot. So we're having tea out most nights. But that night we had to be back, and my dad was excited about a thing that was yeah. going to be on the telly, um, and it was, it was the TV movie. And I've I have clear enough memories of the blue box. I remember the Seventh Doctor getting shot in the alley and then when he changed, I was, I was amazed by it because I was like, oh my God, Like the character came back. Um, I remember uh, the Master pulling his like fingernails off as the body was yeah. falling apart. 
As, as, a, as a five-year-old, I was like, this is amazing. Did you remember that you always dressed for the occasion? I did. Oh. Uh, that led to a trip to the Dapol factory. Yay! Uh, a few years later, Klingoflin, where I got uh, 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 one of my first sort of like traumatic experiences. I was proper freaked out. Did you ever go to that one? Oh, yeah, several times. Amazing, right? So it was like, for those who don't know, it was, it was you know... Toy I, went, fa- I went to the opening of the exhibition. There you go. And got, and got pics and signings from Sylve and Colin and uh, briefly I don't think I got a sign with John Nathan Turner but he was there yeah um, and hiding I, in the topiary hiding in the topiary <laughs> um, in a hat and a scarf and a long coat where they go blah no yeah, exactly. no I was making a comment and, on him having a very floral shirt and I've got we, we've got a, a poster from that opening for the exhibition signed by Sylvester McCoy that's really cool. And he's got what he's done is he's he's drawn he's got on the TARDIS bit on one of the panels he drew the little you know the little the guy looking over the wall with the big nose. Yeah. Um but with the What the, nosy bonk. Yeah. With this with the seventh doctor's hat on. That's cute. And it'd be like Silver was here. Um, That's cute. Which is cute. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. Well lovely man. Um, um it's very cool. It was great, wasn't it? Because it was you got to look around like, you know, different toys that they created and everything at the factory. The prototypes, mate. Oh yeah. But the Doctor Who exhibit was probably like it was for a little kid, and this might have been your experience going there. It was proper creepy. I would like, not go black, in. Black, black panelled walls and and darkened rooms, and there was it was sort of Doctor's costumes, recreation of a living room with mannequins hiding behind the couch, watching the first episode on the telly. I, there was a version of the TARDIS console room. I would not go in for like two hours after we arrived. Yeah, I got proper worked up. Because I was convinced that they had the Melting Cane figure from Longleat there. Yeah. And at the time, that was the one bit of Doctor Who that just absolutely freaked me out. Yeah. Just couldn't couldn't handle it. Okay. It's like that two second shot of Cane melting from You're Dragon right. Fire. I'm done. Meant I didn't watch no, Dragon didn't. Fire till I was like in my twenties. Um Also <laughs> partly because I didn't have Dragon Fire. In yeah. My 20s. Um, uh, and well, then entrance to part of it is through a TARDIS yeah as well yeah, I remember that and I remember that it was like it was almost like le- levels of freakiness yeah. like the first room was sort of doctor's costumes and, and you know companion outfits and you know brigadier and sort of those kind of characters and there was stuff in there that's now since been lost as well like yeah. um, when they had the Longleat fire some of the stuff that had been at Longleat had moved back to Longleat and then things like the, the android from the visitation was mm. destroyed and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's just. I I remember being because I already had a fear. I already had a bit of a fear of mannequins. Doctor, oh well. Doctor Who solidified. You're in the right place. Well, Doctor Who solidified that when I, I watched Spare from Space yeah. for the first time on like a UK yeah. Gold repeat, and that was it. I was done. Um, and as a result, that's become one of my favourite stories because mm. like it still tickles that like oh that's so freaky. Living in Ealing for two years and walking past that window yeah. every day on the way to work didn't help. Um, uh, you know, oh, you know what? the Autons being the first villains of the revival didn't help because I was like, yay, Doctor Who's coming back. That thing that I've grown to love through videotapes and repeats on UK Gold. What's the first monster? Oh, those things. Okay. But the thing that freaked me out the most in, in the Dapol exhibit was uh, the Mara. Yeah. Big fucking puppet. Yeah, Big yeah. massive snake puppet just stuffed into a glass case. 
And the oh, um, fangs and everything. The other oh, it's freaky. Because they, they had a light up sort of mini animatronic. Because yeah, it, it, it was the one from it was the one from Kinder. It was, it was like the purple the, the purpley reddish yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, was the the other one that was really cool because they had a little push button thing where it its eyes um, removed was from the from not from the awakening. Oh God, yeah, yeah with the, yes, yeah. with the big old big old face, the, the face in the wall. Yeah, um, uh, I remember. I remember the Davros and some of the Daleks were in their own like section as well. Yeah, you press, a, you press the button a, and the Dalek, Dalek could move. With um, the special weapons Dalek and I hadn't seen Remembrance at that point so I was like what the fuck is that? What is that thing? So I have to bring the pictures sometimes so I must have been like 10 or something. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, I've whip, whip them out son. I've got the photographs at home still. The uh, uh, And I remember that was the first time I ever hopped into a Dalek obviously later, exi- yeah. oh, later exhibitions yeah, yeah. like the Doctor yeah. Who exhibition Doctor Who uh, experience they would all do versions of this in the years after but like a half Dalek in front of a wall of dance mirrors so you could sort of crouch in it, yeah. see yourself through the grid and get a sense yeah. of what it was like to perform one of the Daleks. And a little voice modulator in it. That never yes. They never worked quite right. It just sounded like talking into a fan. Yeah. Just to be fair. <laughs> Not that far off. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's what Nicholas Briggs does when he's at home. And he doesn't have his ring modulator where he just grabs a fan at all times. Yeah. just talking into a fan. His wife's like, Nicholas, uh, Nicol- Nicholas Briggs oh, actually evolves to the point where he can do the Dalek voice without any equipment. His larynx has mutated. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's put like a ring modulator in his teeth and he can just sort <laughs> he's of like... He's a ring modulator in his teeth. He sort of clicks a little teeth. switch with his tongue and it just drops, drops yeah, into not, his he's mouth. He's not got a suicide pill tooth, he's got a voice modulator tooth. <laughs> he gets it with his tongue like that. <laughs> bites down it. snaps out. So he can be a Dalek at any, any moment. And then he has to reach in his pocket and bring out another yeah. tooth cap. To replace it. And every time he goes to his dentist, his dentist is like, Nick, what have you done? <laughs> You're trying to put me out of a job! I don't know why his dentist is like, uh, New York. New York. Ah! I, don't, I don't know why him having to have more dental surgery and put the dentist out of a job. Surely that would be the best thing for the dentist. No, because it's just the one tooth over and over again. He has spares. Oh, right. Oh, right. So, so he's like, not replaced. He's like, Nick, you've got to let me fix this. No need. No need. <laughs> no. Got my... A voice modulator tooth, and I've got a bunch of big finish toys to record in, so I've ordered 20. Big um, finish for the love of teeth. For the what, love wait, no, of what, teeth. That, that doesn't make any sense, Nick. Um, <laughs> we love teeth. Um, <laughs> uh, what just, what listen, the fuck are we talking about? I listened to over this last week. What did you listen to over this last week? Uh, the whole thing is on Spotify. The 2013 50th anniversary series by recorded by Big Finish for BBC Audio Go. Oh, yeah. Destiny of the Doctor. Oh, yeah. It is on Spotify, isn't it? Whole thing's there. Series of stories, one for each Doctor at the time, um, read by an actor associated with that era uh, and a guest actor to sort of fill out one or two of the roles. So it's, it's, an, it's an audio book-style performance with a hint of audio drama. Fl- kind of like the uh, the Companion Chronicles. Yeah, for, From yeah. the early, earlier sort of stuff. Um, and it's wonderful. And in each one, there's a moment where the doctor or, or their companion gets a message from this uh sometimes they get to see him this weird looking sort of young geography teacher kind of bloke with big hair and a bow tie who, who basically makes sure that they do a certain thing that has to be done and then the final story the time machine read by jenna coleman which is a very sort of shada-esque takes place at, i think it takes place at oxford not cambridge yeah. but it's it, it's that shada-esque kind of vibe the story of a student who's working with a professor on apparently the first ever time machine um, in 2013. And it's obviously like, it's got some investors which has been kept quite quiet. Um, and the 11th Doctor's involvement in stopping it and the things that are using it to to sinister effect. Um, <laughs> sinister effect. It's a really great series. If you have Spotify, 
Um, then you have everything. Um, <laughs> but go go listen to it. Search Doctor Search Doctor Who. Click on see discography and the 13, 13, the eleven most recent editions are the Destiny of the Doctor audios. Listen to them in order. You'll have an amazing time. You will. Absolute highlight is the Sixth Doctor and Perry story. Um, written by uh, I can't remember who writes that one, but it's, it's narrated by Nicola Bryan, and it's it's such a great piece because it's about them getting to America mm. shortly after it being found by Columbus. Ah, uh, well, no, it's not America. I think I think it's wherever Columbus went first on the way to America. Well, Columbus never went to America. Well, they just think that he did. Yeah, but like well, wherever it was, they he, don't know how to do wherever it was, he arrived first, and it's this whole thing of Perry basically challenges the doc. Doctor's like, is this amazing? We're like, we're going to interact with the man who found your country and Perry's like and who claimed it despite it already belonging to people yeah like oh no no he did go to America he wasn't the first to find it yeah yeah and then well Perry making the whole thing of like he's not a guy to be worshipped yeah what is wrong with you and the doctor's like no but it's like discovery and adventure and she's like he was a murderer (laughs) (laughs) like he was an invader and then like they meet a character a guy who's dying from from uh, tuberculosis yeah and obviously Perry's like we've got to help him the doctor's like we can't we can't interfere with history and she's like what is I bet you I bet you have the correct medicines on the TARDIS for this and he's like well yes but that's not the point point." and essentially the story's amazing because it's Perry calling out the, the doctor oh the she does on yeah. the bullshit of like the selectiveness and the hero worship mm-hmm. and like how misguided he kind of is without even realising it. And Six is it's a really a great good, story. He's a really good choice for that as well. It's, um, a, it's a really, really good story. Arrogant, absolutely. Um, I highly recommend it. It's also uh, it's also great because it was BBC official release. BBC Audio Go Big Finish made them, but they were released for BBC Audio Go. Yes. And yet the Eighth Doctor story is an Eighth Doctor and Charlie Pollard story. Hey! Read by India Fisher. So it's that was, even pre-Night of the Doctor, that was the official range going... All right, fine. All the big finished right. characters can be canon if you want them to Everything be. Everything is canon and nothing is canon. And also, it's in the official reading, it's a really great yeah. performance. Um, yeah, so that's been nice. Doctor Who, we like it. We're we fans of it. We like it. We're going to reluctantly answer some questions. Reluctantly. Emails or tweeties. I thought I'd start us off on the wrong foot. You start us off on the wrong foot with some tweeties. We I've got, got some emails queued up. We got a tweety from Arbiter of Canon. Ooh. I am Spartacus 63. I am Spartacus. No, I am Spartacus. Who said, any and all questions? Is there room within the canon, nebulous concept though it is, for any type of Dalek to have the potential to fuck? Yes. I mean, you saw Dalek sex sack, right? For... <laughs> Listen... <laughs> That thing could that thing could consume an entire man. For a, if that ain't insertion in some way. For something to be considered truly a life form, it <laughs> must have the ability to reproduce, and. Oh yeah, well yeah, if, there's the species yeah. like within its genetic makeup, which would yeah. suggest some sort of reproductive facility, and if that's not um, a sexual reproduction or some kind of um, splitting. And or budding, perhaps, then it may it, it may involve some form of intercourse. Yeah. Now, to be fair, y'all don't have to be able to make uh, baby juices to fuck. No. Also, it could <laughs> just be fun. Yeah. 
So, that being said, they, they have... do the Daleks have the capacity? I think the new series Daleks do. Oh, yeah. Like, they've seen enough hentai to know where this how is How many appendages, how many orifices? Shall we see how they match up? Gen- Genesis, Genesis Daleks, no, because they're just, like, organs with stringy bits. Like, now, listen. They ain't, they ain't really Christopher, doing anything to themselves. Yeah. Slugs can fuck. So if slugs can fuck, Daleks can fuck, regardless of their mutant design. But Daleks are beings of pure hatred, right? They are beings of pure so hatred. So would every fuck be a hate fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Which Dalek do you think... Right. Listen, mummy in Dalek's the got of, needs. In the interest of Dalek-human relations, which Dalek do you think you could fuck? What type of Dalek? Oh, what area? I, I couldn't. Oh, okay. No, I'm not attracted to So not, to not even the little clawy hand boy from God the Daleks? God, no. It's like reaching out from under that coat. My nethers are very sensitive. But, but its hand turns over and it curls a finger like, come back oh, to bed. Oh, God, that's not coming anywhere near me. Okay. I've got very sensitive downstairs regions. Um, even with a lot of moisturiser, I think that I'd, uh, <laughs> that'd leave an impression I don't want. Don't ask questions. You don't want answers to your kids. <sighs> Thanks for that, Spartacus. You bastard. Uh, what else you got for us on the twa- on the uh, on the tweeties? Uh, Daniel Fox sent us a triple question. Did they uh, now? A l- little bit, little bit on the vanilla side. These ones, a little bit vanilla. Oh, I'm a vanilla boy. I like it. But if this is the first time someone's tuned into one of our episodes, I think it's fair. So uh, I think you're making excuses, but okay. Firstly, yeah, Daniel. <laughs> Firstly, what's your favourite story? All of them. For each doctor. Oh, piss easy. Next. Well, go on then. Uh, so, first Doctor Hartnell. is the Aztec. Hartnell's the Aztecs. Aztecs! Uh, Troutons... A- Aztecs follow very closely by War Machines. Uh, I really like uh, that. Troutons, Two Beside Men, Pertwee... Oh, hang on, fucking hang on! <laughs> hang on, Two Beside Men. Yeah. Uh, I'm inclined to agree. Two Beside... Well, yeah, then again, the then again, I do like the Web of Fear quite a lot. Oh, Web of Fear's alright. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, it doesn't end... Very... Well, then, it is very quite a mass in the pit. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Pertwee, um, uh... Demons... Oh, okay. Um, Terror of the Autons. Because it's, okay. it's a sequel to the story that traumatised me. Okay. And it gives us Joe Grant and the Master. Okay. And those fucking daffodil autons with the giant smiley doll heads. Okay. Who are freaky as hell. Uh, I can't wait to get that eventual collection slimline box set because I really, 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 really want a Zigga Zigga. I want to see the CGI updated effects for the shit troll doll. Uh, Tom. City of Death for me. Uh, it could be anything from seasons 12 through 14, but at this particular moment, on this particular day, so at, what, quarter to four on, uh, on Tuesday, Tuesday the 15th, the 15th of, March. of March 2022, it's Pyramids of Mars. Pyramids of Mars, um, yeah. Uh, for Peter, by default, Five Doctors, because it's one of my comfort stories. Case of Androzani. I mean, yeah, that is probably his yeah, best. There we go. <laughs> um, but five, five Doctors for me, because it's a comfort story. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sixth Doctor. Revelation. Yeah. Revelation of the Daleks. Yeah. That's it. No, I mean, I I, I love all of his stories, in all honesty, even the shit ones. All but, six of but them. But I do. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Yeah, Revelation of the Daleks. Um, oh, God. Uh, seventh Doctor. Curse of Fenric. Hmm. At this particular moment, at quarter to four. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. Mass, okay, okay, uh, okay. Ghost Light's one I want to fuck with again. Ghost Light's really fucking because good, it, dude. It, it's like, what is happening? Why is this happening? I don't get it. Oh, this suddenly got really like cosmic yeah. and, and and biblical. 
oh, the things he's doing to people are actually kind of horrific. Wait, this is the reason we're here? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's fascinating. That last, um, his, his last season, it is so frustrating how good that last season is. Yeah. That it ended up being the show's last. Yeah. Closely followed by Survival, because again, I just think it's them all, yeah. they're, they're op- operate, operating at peak. The silly, silly, silliness of Battlefield included, mm. that last season's really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, Eighth Doctor, I mean, obviously, it's it's default, the TV, the TV movie, movie but like... Is there any other Eighth Doctor thing adaptation comic audio that you go? Oh, that's actually really, um, really good use. I've not listened to a ton of the Eighth Doctor audios, but the ones I have listened to, I'm quite a big fan of Sword of Orion, and I'm quite a big fan of um, Chant of Midnight. Uh, Human Resources for me. Okay, all right. It's from the Lucy Miller stuff. That's the only really. That's the only big finish I've really listened to is the the Eighth Doctor Lucy Miller full series of that. Yeah, I've only um, been listening to the first season of him and Charlie stuff. Yeah, don't send us recommendations. We won't listen to them. Ninth Doctor, uh, Bad Wolf, Partner of the Ways. Always oh, my favorite Doctor. It's my favorite series ever. So I'm biased no matter what. But that finale and Eccleston's graceful bow out, knowing as well what we know now of what was going on in his life and his troubles with the production and everything, knowing that he still made that ending yeah. such a warm, like I was so glad that I got to be here and thank you Rose moment. Yeah. And he's one of the few doctors who regenerates with a smile. He goes out with a smile. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that one. Um, Dalek is a second strong contender. Dalek's very good. Because so from getting... I'm a really big fan of the Unquiet Dead as well. Father's Day. Father's, Father's Day is really, really good. That entire season's good. The whole year, damn it. The entirety it. of that first season. The first new season. Triple the flammability of the... What? <laughs> You're making it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> ten at midnight. Midnight, midnight, midnight. A thousand um, times midnight for me. For I really like Doctor. Wars and Mars. Damn it, it's strong. Yes. Gadget, gadget. Um, Eleventh Doctor... I mean, if we're talking about favourite... St- oh, favourite story for each Doctor, like, one... That era, yeah. I've not rewatched it in years, and I'm about to get to it in our marathon. I think my favorite's going to become the girl who waited, okay. because I remember watching that. I've only ever watched that one, maybe twice, and mm. the last time was about nine years ago. And I remember thinking, "Holy shit, this is impressively dark." But it's not really a story about the Doctor or one where the Doctor's prominent. It's very Doctor-like yeah. compared to others. So, barring that, Vincent and the Doctor. I mean, yeah, that's that's it. That's, yeah. the, that's the best one. <laughs> yeah. That's the best Matt Smith one. Great performance from Matt, great performance um, from Karen, great performance from Tony Kieran. Because once, once... Beautiful music um, from Murray Gold. For me, once... Uh, once uh, Amy and Rory leave, it just takes a plunge downhill. I think it, I think it, the plunge begins while they're still there. Because Series five is the perfect ending and wrap-up for their story. Series five is really good. And then, obviously, yeah, they get brought into the arc of Series six, part one. Mm-hmm. Of like you know what's going on with the ganger and everything, but like you didn't need to do that story. Mm. It sort of feels like they're just accessories to the plot, mm. and they recycle certain things. I when when my review comes out later this year in our YouTube series, folks, for um, series six, the first three episodes of series six, just wait till you get to hear me talk about Impossible Astronaut and Day of the Moon because for uh, me, utter trash. I'm looking. We've to all it. been tricked but into thinking it's good. Long way to go before I catch up with. You still heart or you've I got finished Stratton. series nine and started watching the review of it today. Hey, you're in John. So I've, uh, yeah, you're on the John. Watch the Time Monster. Is the Time Monster supposed to be a parody? When they're talking about Tom Tit and they've got that big the time detector that looks like a cock and balls. Tom Tit. 
<laughs> oh god, it's been what two years since we recorded Everyone, that. Everyone brought it all back. It's just it's because I've not got to you talking about it on your review yet. Tempted, tempted, tempted. Yes, tempted. They just keep saying it. Um, yeah, and then it's a completely different story for the last one. Anyway, what's, what's, um, what's the creature in that called again? The thing that's Kronos. Kronos. That's a Kronos. Kronos. Um, uh, Capaldi is yeah. on the Orient Express. Yeah, same. I don't have much affection for the rest of it. I really, really... Well, it's so disappointing because I really like I, Peter Capaldi. World Enough and Time and The Doctor Falls, actually, oh, is quite a strong contender. His, what should be his last story World is Enough quite a strong contender. particularly is very good. Um, I'm also... I don't I know. I wouldn't say it's like the best one from his era, but I'm also a massive Sleep No More apologist. Mm, okay. I think it gets a bad rap. It's got some issues. My God, has it got some issues. <laughs> The treatment of uh, the treatment of Bethany Black, the casting of her in in a role that's mm. like, yay! This is the first like trans actor to ever really appear in the show, yeah. And then make them a monosyllabic grunt It's sort of like unfortunate because at no point was that ever the plan, mm. but it's just like what a weird chain of events. Yeah, there. weird choice. Like, did you not think maybe not? Maybe we don't cast her in this role. Maybe well, we give her something obvious, a bit more substantial. Obviously to not, with. Chris. Yeah. Obviously they but, didn't. But I know that that's a story that even though... That's the one where I think we're going to get like video essayists and whatnot four or five years after it's like, you know, in the next couple of years who grew up with Capaldi's era who are like teens on YouTube now yeah. will talk about that's the one that gave them nightmares because of the wraparound stuff with Reese Shearsmith. Yeah, okay. And, and the implication of what what you have watched and what it means to you, the viewer, yeah. by the end. Which, even though it's ripping off uh, a little bit the Tenth Doctor audio Dead Air from a few years prior, which is the same thing, but it's about sound waves. Yeah! I which is like really it. good. Dead Air is amazing. Like that sound mix that... Yeah. It just keeps playing in between the scene transitions. Oh, so creepy. Uh, and Jodie Whittaker's era is still going on as of the recording of this. Favourite one so far? Rosa. Yeah, Rosa for me. Closely maybe. followed by Demons in a Punjab. Uh, you know, maybe Spyfall? Spyfall's very good. Specifically, specifically Spyfall Part 2. Uh, part 1. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really, really great opener. Um, and I've also got a huge soft spot for uh, re- uh, Resolution. Yeah. Because didn't see it fucking coming. Yeah. Even though they kind of ruined it in the days leading up to it with like Dalek voice in the trailer, you're like, so a Dalek's gonna be in it. Yeah. But like, it still works really it's well. It's a cool story, man. And Ryan finally gets something to do. Really, <laughs> like him and his dad actually get that story I mean... comes into it, and the the idea of a da- a sadistic Dalek that enjoys doing what yeah. it's doing because it's like a sadalic. It's 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 what they called again. What are those ones called? Uh, Recon Dalek? Yes, it, Recon Dalek. Well, they're, the, they're the scout. They're early, early Scarrow days. They're the ones that are sent out to scout into the universe yeah. and find places for them to study and conquer. And this guy got absolutely trounced by armies like hundreds of years ago and split into three pieces and buried and everything. Like, united conflicting tribes and territories in their, like, you know, their, their shared interest of... We all will stay alive if we all work together to kill this thing. Great idea. Great idea. And then the fact that it's like puppeting someone. And obviously we get a bit more of that Dalek in uh, Resolution. A Revolution of the Daleks. Yes. A bit because he gets cloned and essentially it's the same character. Yes. And then he gets taken out like a pussy. And it's like, oh, that sort of sucks. Um, And that story sucks. (laughs) So that's fine. Yes. Um, Even the Daleks was good though. Even the Daleks was a lot of fun. Uh, A little creepy, but a lot of fun. Um, a little creepy in the wrong ways but yeah yeah I get it I get it um, I am not Nick uh, secondly asks Daniel what's your most 
underrated Doctor Who story. I mean, Ghostlight is one that we've Ghostlight. praised. That is yeah, one that really Ghostlight. kind of needs re reappraisal. Uh, Cause of Axos. I feel like people write it off as a bit of silly, um, like early seventies. <laughs> tendril, tendril walls and shaky it, cameras. I think it's really fucking good. I like Claws of Axos a I lot. I really like it. Um, bo- oh. Bottle or budget episodes are ones I always yeah, think get yeah. overlooked, like Edge of Destruction. Yeah. Uh, Boomtown. Some of the more polit- some of the some of the best writing of that first series is in Boomtown because it was it was written out of we have no money. I need to tell a story. Well, that's the thing. Watching that early John uh, period, those those mm. first three seasons, particularly season nine, yeah, you've got two stories in there which are thematically even more relevant now to when they were written. You know which ones I'm going to say, don't you? I mean, Inferno. No, from, go on. specifically from season nine. Oh, from season nine, go on. Curse of Peladon. Yes. It's all about the EU. Yes. And the mutants. It's all about climate change. Yes, fuck. Now, oh, the mutants, don't get me wrong, the mutants is too fucking long. Yeah, the mutants, the mutants is not an, too long. It's not an enjoyable watch. It's not a great story, but thematically, it do, it's mm. doing some really interesting things. And I think it's more relevant now than it ever has been. Um, and it was the first time I'd seen it when I watched it recently. I'd never seen the mutants before. Uh, Curse Peladon, yeah, it's fucking it's the EU. And we're Peladon. Yeah. <laughs> and we fuck it. <laughs> like yeah. Peladon, we fuck it. Um... <laughs> I mean, fucking chubbed it, haven't we? Oh my god! I mean, by by that, by that logic as well. Anyone that is a brilliant allegory or statement for something at the time that is unfortunately still relevant is kind of underrated. Yeah, it's not an amazing story. It's got some fucking great visuals in it, but the Sunmakers. I'm I've not seen it. I'm really looking forward to when I get to it because I've never seen it and I hear great things. It's about basically it. fuck HMRC. Yeah, yeah. I will, yeah. I will happily pay my way, but you're fucking me around, son. Connie in Space does some interesting stuff with that as well. Again, yeah. it's too long, mm. but its themes are interesting. I think there's a lot of that in John's period. That just yeah. gets written off as like weird, wobbly set stuff. Yeah, but effects come on. Are even though, even though you know the recurring body of that yeah. series going in, could you imagine watching that, not oh, realising so that was the thing, and then him rocking up, and you'd be like, so fuck it, it's him! It's this beardy man! Well, we, got, we, we got it with Spyfall. <laughs> yes! Like they, yes. they were really good about not spoiling that Sasha Devan was the master. Oh, Sasha Dewan's so good. Sasha Dewan, Sasha Dewan, yeah. Sasha Dewan, Sasha Dewan. If he doesn't turn up in the last two stories for Jody, I do hope that he's one element that Russell goes. I would go on, let's keep him. Love to see him again. Yeah. I think he's great. Um I'm gonna say something controversial, but I don't give a fuck. Underrated might not be the best description, definitely overhated. You'll need to just like stop shitting on Love and Monsters the way you do. I've not seen it for a long time, so maybe I'll it's, watch it's, it again. And, it's not and... great, but it's a di- it's an experiment for one episode. Yeah, I just think it's a failed experiment. That you may do so. Yeah, but but again, it's got, it's got one happened... of Camille Kajuri's best performances as Jackie. Because I did Mark like Warren it. is a perfectly standoffish lead character, and that's kind of the point. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Compare the Meerkat guys in it. Um, Jesus Mr. Partridge! Um, like you know, he's in it. Um, bless, bless. Uh, it just Peter K is is many things, lots of them wonderful. He's one of the reasons why tonally it doesn't seem to work. Yeah. Because suddenly the episode goes, ah, oh, comedy guest star. Now he's not I, playing I, it for laughs. I feel he's not playing yeah. it for laughs, but it's very kind of, huh? It just sort of feels a it's bit weird. Jarring, yeah. Um, a different performer maybe would have got a better result, or maybe having the whole episode be a little more wacky from the beginning 
But then again, it's very it's very melancholic in places. Like the Jackie confrontation scene between Jackie and Elton. Um, that's what that's what is wonderful and horrible and upsetting. Actually, one of the things I do really like about the RCD era that goes away a bit Stephen Moffat's is there is a sort of sense of melancholy and fatalism about the show. Mm, Yeah, Um, like generally, even when good stuff happens. There is a sort of sense that well, it's only temporary. End end of end of World War Three yeah. when when they're like, you know, for, for me it'll be weeks, mum. But like, you wait, at ten seconds I'll be back in like yeah, ten she, seconds. She's not. And the tires goes and the tires doesn't reappear. And Jackie just sort of she waits there because yeah. she's obviously hoping that her daughter's gonna come back in ten seconds and she doesn't. She and doesn't it's like back till Christmas. Oh my god! Like Russell's era did such a great job with that, and a lot of that is down to Camille Kajori. And Billy Piper, yeah. and uh, some unnamed person who I can't remember, but I think they played Rose's boyfriend. Oh, maybe God, that's gonna be weird um, going back and watching that at some point. I, you know, considering we, I rewatch series one at least once a year. Yeah, I've not found it too jarring simply cool. because. Cool. Okay. Simply because um, the dramatic use of Mickey Smith has helped me kind of um, again personal thingies vary. It's helped me quite easily separate Noel Clark from Mickey Smith, and the fact that he's not around a lot helps too. Yeah. Um, and it is again, objectively, it's a very good performance. Just a shame he's dirty and scummy. Um, you know, you know he's yeah. he's working with uh, I think it's Channel Four. Which would make sense because they're working with John Cleese on that cancelling documentary. Oh God! Noel Clark's working on a thing with them about like how his life's been affected by his cancelling, and it's like, oh my dude, God. my dude. The reason people don't want to work with you is because it came out that you like abused and sexually degraded several people that you worked with and who worked for you for like over a decade. Oh God! Like you can't go boohoo. Oh woe is me, my career dried up because. You got found out for being a scumbag. Like, you got found out for being a scumbag. You either apologize and deal with the consequences, take some time out, and then come back and hope that people find you palatable enough to see you've changed, or you just shut the fuck up and move on, and do something else for a career. Just become go and become a hands off producer in productions. Yeah. Just ah god, emphasis on hands off. Just getting a fucking C, mate. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, what else we got? Sorry, yeah. There was one last question on that one from Daniel. And finally, which two doctors would you most like to see interact with each other in a future episode? Uh, weird question for me because, like, I, I, I hate the overuse of the multi-doctor format. Yeah, I get you. Like it was when I was growing up. Even as the show came back. It was amazing that there were these three occasions. Yeah. Obviously, I, would, I didn't know about Dimensions in Time, but there were those three <laughs> occasions where doctors interacted. Yeah. That was fascinating to yeah. me. I mean, what is it? Uh, is it is which which Colin story is it where you learn about uh, uh, John and is it Time Lash? Where you you learn that, that the third Doctor and Joe had been to this planet in the past because there's like the the mural of them and stuff on the wall. It must be. Which which gets uh in in, in Death of the Doctor, the Sarah Jane story, like she she references that planet when she's like listing off memories. Joe oh. Joe does. Which was Russell's way of going There we go. Joe now in canon on screen has referenced that adventure that we never saw but 
was alluded to. In she a remembers the Borad. No, um... <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. like that. That to me was special because it was like, oh, it's not multi doctor, but it's that whole thing. The thought of oh, they, a different one's been here at a different point in time. That's cool. Um, so you know, the three doctors, the five doctors, and to a lesser extent, but it's still fun. The two doctors hmm. was great. Like that's cool. It's unique and special. And then the fact that they do it all the time in audio. There are whole box sets built around it. Yeah. Just kind of ruins... And also just, just in, because in universe. In universe, it kind of ruins the, the, the rule set up of like... Yeah, it, if we're appearing together, it either has to be the gravest of emergencies on a universal scale. Yeah. Or something has gone horribly wrong and someone's forced us into this situation. Um, you know, three doctors. The Time Lord's like... We will monitor the time streams to keep this as stable as possible. But the Doctor needs to solve that problem. We're going to send him help in the form of two of his former selves. And we will monitor it the entire time. Like, the Time Lords are monitoring the, the flow of time and existence the entire time so that doing this does not rip a hole in the universe. Yeah. And then in the Five Doctors, similar-ish thing. Someone snatched incarnations of them out of time. So... We're going to send in the master to deal with it because yeah. we don't want to touch it in case it blows a hole in the universe. I don't want to touch that. I don't know where it's been. You know, and, and then the two doctors are saying, oh shit, we shouldn't have... Wait, no, hang on. Ah, uh, no, this did happen, didn't it? Oh, you bastard. Right, let's get this resolved and leave. Mm. So the fact that it then happens... I mean, time crash. The first instance of it happening in the modern era. It's set as a, oh God, no! We're going to blow up the universe all of existence by this happening! And then they cancel it out, and they're like, oh, thank God. Have a little chat. Off they pop. Wasn't that lovely? Wasn't it special? Oh, look, it's a special event for charity children in need 2007. Yeah. I don't like them meeting up all the time. No. That being said. That being said. Because of his admiration for his fellow actor, because he's a very uh, women in stories positive performer, because of what we know of his political opinions, his social opinions, and because he's basically caused controversy this past couple of weeks when asked, so who's your Doctor Who? And he said, Jodie Whittaker, because she's the current Doctor and I think that's what's important. Like, mm. that's what's important. What she's doing for the show is important. Uh, the Ninth Doctor and the Thirteenth Doctor, if I had to, I want to see Eccleston and Whittaker on screen. I'd love to see Eccleston and Multi Doctor. Because they've worked together, they've done theatre together and everything. So I'd there's already that little unbuilt chemistry. I'd love to see him with Joe Martin. Yeah. Because I think similar, sort of, similar, I, similar kind of reasons. I think yeah. the belligerence in the character would play off nicely against him. Yeah. Um, because we never really see two doctors who are already kind of grumpy and a bit yeah. more dour interact we only ever see ones where a little bit more clownish interact with the dour one which then kind of or they bring that out in each other like the 10th and 11th sort yeah. of are standoffish at first almost as though it's just that thing of ew no not another me ew no and it's like cup okay. of soup <laughs> what is cup of it's a cup of soup you know what cup of soup is granddad you've definitely eaten cup of soup you're telling me that you served as a scientific advisor at UNIT for never several years and you never had a cup of soup? No, you just go into, uh, into uh, aristocratic manors and politicians' houses and steal their wine and cheese. <laughs> a little I sad on it, perhaps, but not truly cynical. I fucking um, love I love that entire thing because Joe's just got this like love, look on her face of, wait, we can do this? I love the hot... I love it. I love it so much. Oh, that's Day of the Daleks, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. 
It's a wonderful wine cellar. Um, what was the question? Um, multi that was the question. What yeah. doctors would you like to see meet that haven't met up? I, I think I think uh, within the realms of reality as well, actors that. Yeah, Eccles, Eccleston and Joe Martin slash Jodie Whittaker slash both. Eccleston, Eccleston Whittaker for me. Eccleston, I, I just, yeah, Eccleston Martin. Hearing him gush about her, I'd love to. I mean, the more obvious answer might yeah. have been like, you know, um, like Tennant and Whittaker because obviously they've worked together on Broadchurch yeah. and stuff. But like, we've seen, if you want to see them interact with each other, you can watch Broadchurch. Yeah. And like, Whereas, and... Like, unless you saw the very specific show that she and Chris were in a few years ago on stage, yeah, this would be another chance to get to see that chemistry and... and yeah, that'd be that'd be very very cool. Uh, I think I, I'll be honest. I think that'd be one of the few things that might tempt him to come back if they went. It's it's you and Jody in a story, but well, that time has passed. Um, or will have passed. Email, 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 email. So I got a couple of emails for you. <laughs> oh, it's the Queen. That's a lovely, email for you. Oh, it's a nice So this one comes in from. Someone who has not signed their name, so I shall not say their name. The mystery sender. Do you think the Quarks could make a return to Doctor Who? Slightly redesigned, of course, to make them more modern. Yes, I do think the Quarks could make a return to Doctor Who. However, I don't think they should be redesigned to make them more modern. No, I think they you should, should be. put a child in a set of boxes and just make them walk around. With little foldy arms. With their little foldy arms. Little foldy arms, looking like something that Wallace invented on a weekend. Why would you want to bring the Quarks back? They weren't very good. Do you know what? If you do, don't make them or the Dominators part of a story. Just have like a repurposed quark, like serving drinks yeah, somewhere. Because then it's just a cute that. little nod of, oh my god, is that a quark? Does someone, quark turn into a, yeah. does someone turn into a Star Wars style like the answer is, service droid? Yes, they have got them covered in dogs. Like, that'd be cute. Um, like, that, some, someone asked me on stream this week, Ramley, what do you think of the Chumblies? And I went, that's a weird question. I mean, um, they're cute. Galaxy 4's an alright story, I guess. Again. If you want to bring a Chumbly back, just have it chuntering around in a bar somewhere. What do you see? think of the Chumblies? That's one, one thing I loved about um, I about the, the bar we see in the End of Time Part 2. Just the notion of, yeah, why not? Why not have a few random aliens in a Star Wars cantina-style setting? You can throw in a couple little cameos. Like, there's a Slovene. There's an adipose child. Whatever, sure. Like, yeah, do it with the Quark. Why not? Fuck it. Quark's forever. What noise do space ducks make? Space quacks. Quark. Uh, quark, 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 quark. Space quacks. Space quacks. Space ducks. Space ducks. I'm, I'm not shortening that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> quace. Um, there you go. Quace. With, so this one comes in from uh, <laughs> Dirty Ian. Oh, not says, dirty, scruffy says, Ian. With what the 11th Doctor said to the 10th Doctor, would your sonic screwdriver also be compensated for something? That's the title of the email. Mm-hmm. And it says, greetings, greetings, greetings. Well, <laughs> I seem to be stuck in the sudden time vortex again, so I can't <laughs> assist you. Just one of the many regrets <laughs> of my life. Goodbye, my dears, Ian. So that was it? That was it. So you're sat in a shed being filmed. Filmed. Reading from cue cards behind your camera. Stuck in the sudden time vortex again. <laughs> um, <laughs> with what the 11th Doctor said to the 10th Doctor, would my sonic screwdriver be compensating for something? Yes. Next question. Curry um, sauce all over your anus. Delish. Um. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So now we've got some um, non-Doctor Who related emails which also mention Doctor Who. 
Brilliant. So, tangential. So I'll take. We're going to go off on a, on a little tangent, but we're going to come back to Doctor Who. Really? So first of all, this one I don't think this one actually talks about Doctor Who at all. But <laughs> that's the healthier way. We're coming back to the Batman. This one from the vengeance-filled Bat Sam. <laughs> Says howdy, boys. First off, I never want to hear what da- what David Lynch does with panties ever again. <laughs> oh, still warm. Still warm. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Delicious. <laughs> Such a fucking weird dude. <laughs> Second off. <laughs> the Batman. Bam, 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 bam. What an absolutely stellar movie. Filled with masterclass performances, especially from Paul Dano. And Colin Farrell. <laughs> that would be an interesting one. Uh, yeah, Colin Farrell. Um, I've seen it twice, and I'm so excited to see it many more times. It's long, though, isn't it? Um, inspired by your Bat-Ear ranking of the previous Bat movies, I thought I'd pop my two penneth in, my Alfred penneth in, one might say, um, <laughs> with my Bat ranking of the Batman movies thus far. Judge oh. as you will. Bat ranking. Banking. Bat ranking. Bat ranking. This is, this is from top to bottom. So from best to worst. Bam! 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 Batman Returns! The greatest comic book movie ever made? No, I won't elaborate. Thank you for your vindication, Sam. Wrong Sam, um, but fair enough. The Batman. <laughs> oh, wow, already. Batman, Batman 89. Yeah. I mean, should, you know, yeah, all right. The Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah. Mask of the Phantasm. Yes. Batman Begins. Yeah, sure. Batman 66. Yes. Batman Forever. Yeah. The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Batman Very Superman. <laughs> and Batman and Robin. Ah. Phew. Where's the Lego Batman movie? That's a <laughs> lot of bats. That's a lot of bats. Let's bats be having you. Uh, keep doing what you're best at. Being big, damn and fantastic. I'm excited to Aww. know what your ominous, count, ominous countdown is leading up to. Something nice, I hope. Until oh, next time. How do we break into it? Cheerio, my dears. <laughs> it is going to be nice. Sham. Sam. It will the be nice. Batman man. Hiyo. Um, so. <laughs> and we're on a big, big one, big one, big one, big one, big one. From, um, from Jack. Not Jack. Saying hello. Ah. <laughs> my big damn traps. Oh, I actually made myself joke. Before we get into two lifelong Doctor Who fans willingly talking about Doctor Who. I have some Still pop, under duress. I have some pop... Cu- no one's wearing a dress. Um, I have <laughs> some yet. pop cultural shite to talk about. <laughs> Me and the lovely lady went to see the Batman and Uncharted on the same day. With a meal in between. Imagine the numbness. Okay, fair enough. You had a, you had a break that was a meal. So, I think, uh, yeah, that's do. I've yeah. done that before. Lucy and I have done that before. We've yeah. gone to watch two films and had a meal in between. Yeah, that's... Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. One three hours, one a tight 90. So, fair enough. Tight. Okay. The Batman was spectacular. I agree. I love the hopeful spin to Batman, which hasn't been seen on the big screen for over 20 years. It's great to see a Batman on film that I can actually see having a Robin at some point. Yeah, I agree. I'd love to see this Batman with a Robin. I can't wait to see more from this actually gothic Gotham Gotham City and its Capehead Crusader. Also, the Batman (laughs) TV show from 2004 is amazing. It's pretty good. I do like the, um, ba- the Batman. You got to say it like that because that's how the theme song ended. Shut your hole. Okay. Uh, Uncharted was okay. <laughs> Uncharted was 
Okay. <laughs> I can definitely see Tom Holland in the role. However, Marky Mark wasn't a very funky Sully. No, bad Marky Mark. Hey, hey, it's me. It's, um, I, I'm Sullivan. I'm, I'm Sully. It's quiet, me. Quiet you. Marky, Marky quiet, Sullivan. Quiet. Okay. The ending with the ships, what was in the, in the, the trailers, didn't make much sense. They made a point that the ships were worth more than the gold and weren't to be damaged yet. Immediately started smashing them up. With not even a look <laughs> of dismay or inconvenience. That's all I have to say. Most of the set pieces were quite good. Quite good. Quite good. I do so hate faint praise. Um, now, Doctor Who time chat. You brought it back around. I did. I did bring it back around. That was beautiful. Oh. <laughs> Have you seen? Yes. Jay Exit and Stu Bagful's take on writing their own series of Doctor Who. No. Uh, no, I quite like I Stu's haven't. stuff, and I think some of Jay's stuff has been interesting and insightful. But ultimately, uh, I find the discourse around constant reassessment and uh, slagging off of the current era to be really tiresome. Yeah. So I, I, the notion of, you know, like Stu is a very good storyteller. Like he put a story online not too long ago, a short story idea that uh. essentially is one day everyone looks up into the sky and the end credits for life start rolling through the sky. Oh, God. And everyone has to sort of come to terms with what now. Yeah. Which is a great... I mean, come on. What That's an amazing, yeah. you know. It's a very Douglas um, Adams concept, though. And, 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 you know, I just... Yeah, I just... I, I'm so bored of watching takedowns of the current era, even if that takedown is, here's how we would do it. I just, no, thank you. Uh, the, uh, no, thanks. Put it this way. I There's a good reason I don't tend to engage with a lot of Doctor Who fan content on Yeah. Yeah. So, no, so, is the answer so to that. No, the answer no. to that. Uh, there's three seasons they've planned now, and I find some of their ideas fascinating. Well, yeah, from what you said. Cool, I'm, I'm totally glad um, you dug it. Stuart, Stuart's a great storyteller. Feel free to save this for a different pod, but if you've always had control of Doctor Who, what would you do with it? I feel like we've talked about this before. Like, I know what I know exactly what I would do with it. Go on, here's, the, here's with the, the, note, no, the, note, the notepad version. I'd cancel yeah. it. No, um... <laughs> I mean, you've said that before. No, you said, I'd kill no, it now. I'd kill it now. I'd kill it um, now, but with a contractual obligation that it would be brought back at a certain Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, no, I would uh, turn it into, a, into an anthology show and have different Doctors in different episodes. So I wouldn't have a set Doctor. Mm-hmm. I would have, like, four Doctors that would all have individual stories that may or may not come together at the end of that series. i just make sure it was consistent. Even if it meant, like, yeah. eight, episode, eight episodes a year... Give us eight episodes Which a year. Which is why I would have multiple Doctors, because then if one had to drop out or do scheduling conflicts or whatever, I would have two more I could work with and just jink, tweak the stories a little bit. Fair dues. For, for, um, for me, I just like I just want it to become something that like once a year we get it on for a few weeks and it's really nice to have it. Or you make it like three specials a year. Mm-hmm. So it becomes like the show becomes on average a 75 minute long show that could work, yeah. then if you wanted to do it as repeats you could break it into so make it 90 minutes yeah three 90 minute episodes a year and then if you want to do it as repeats you can put it out as a six 45 episode season each a two-parter yeah um and then at least that way it's consistent it looks great we get a person to play the doctor for a good like you know say if they did it for three to four years a good 12 to 16 stories yeah playing the doctor um and some may say, well, that's, hang on, if you want it every year, that's too little. And it's like, yeah, compared to how the modern era began, sure. But Colin hasn't got that many stories. Silva hasn't got that many stories. 
Mm. You know what I mean? Surviving, Pat hasn't got that many stories. Chris hasn't got that many stories. Like, yeah. Consist- yeah. Consistency. Yeah. Short, shorter seasons that happen definitely once a year with maybe a special. Or a few feature length stories each year. Like scattered throughout the year. Yeah. I'd be happy. Because yeah, then it becomes an event. We all go, oh, there's a new Doctor Who. Uh, put out a new Doctor Who next month. It's going to be on BBC One on, on whatever, Saturday, whatever. Let's watch it. Do you know what I mean? It becomes more of a thing. Mm. Or at least if it's a consistent season, it's like, hey, April's when Doctor Who's on for a few <laughs> months. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I change. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm happy to have writers do whatever the fuck they want. I don't care as long as they make it. Because uh, nine times out of ten, I tend to like stuff. Yeah. Even if I don't love it, I tend to like it. I tend to like Doctor Very Who. Very rarely is there something I come up against where I go, oh, God. And we were talking about it before. Series 9 is my least favourite series in the modern run so far. And yet, did I did I not earlier on defend Sleep No More? You did defend Sleep So, fuck it. Just put it out there. Hypocrite! Um, <laughs> alternatively, what area of Doctor Who canon would you change? Preferably in Classic Who. Ooh. Sorry for the long-winded email, old chaps. I am indeed a fruit fly. Jack. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Um, oh, that's interesting. What element of, like... Original run canon, would you change? Uh, what canon would I change? I don't know, because canon is kind of a loose thing until you get into the JNT era. And even then, yeah. when they do decide to change something, as long as it's in service of a good story, I don't care. Like, I currently have no problem with the Timeless Children retcon mm. because we are seeing what that means now. Yes. Now, they might get to the end of it and I'll go, oh. That was kind of a wasted opportunity. I, you know, I would quite happily use that as a springboard for my anthology doctor idea. Yeah. Or maybe even have, like, a lot of the stories in that told from the perspective of the people they encounter rather than the doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Sort of make them a more like a, like figure a, again. A, ser- a series of love and monsters is and, yeah. and blinks and whatnot. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, that's, beside, that's by the bite. Um, but, but like, I don't like, like the eighth doctor, the whole, he's half human. Like, oh, that's interesting. Then they never did anything with it. Yeah. So it became like a, like, oh, never mind. But I don't hate it as a notion because it's yeah, like, that could have been, with that yeah. been an interesting idea. Same with Timeless Children. At the moment, I'm like, that's interesting. Let's see where it goes. Let's explore that. Uh, and actually explore if it, it ends up being just... a shite resolution. Yeah. Then it was a shout resolution, and we'll always look back on it. And do you remember that time they tried that thing, and they never really did anything with it. And then that's fine because there's sixty odd years of the program and spin-off media to enjoy. So don't worry about um, it. Things about the canon I wish I could change. I don't know because um, mm. mm-hmm. there's nothing that I'm thinking uh, back to classical. I'm like, oh, that was weird. That was well. I mean, is there is there closure in some sense for Susan? On screen. Susan closure, yeah. Like, even if it's just, you know, he accidentally stumbles into it and has to... Because it's always... It's only ever been implied in the show why he left her behind. And it's... He wanted her to have a proper life of her own. Mm. And he could see the romantic spark between her and David that they bonded over in, like, three days. I mean, it was... Yeah, it was Um, a bit of a dick Hey, if a man looks after you when you've twisted your ankle... He's then the he immediately gets your grandfather's blessing. It's, 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 it's... And I know, obviously, you know, audios and expanded media have delved in it, but I mean, like, in yeah. the show, it, it would have been lovely for, like, the fifth Doctor it's a shitty to thing bump for... into it in a story proper, not, yeah, like, not like Five Doctor's yeah. circumstances are weird. Because in Five Doctor, she doesn't question it. No. She never once says, like, you never came back for me. She doesn't question sure. it. Um, but it's, well, that, um, that would have been lovely like a fifth Doctor story where he just ends up in that time period and they bump into each other and, and 
I think they catch up. She's like, "Where are you now? Why have you never come back?" I think there was plenty to explore there because I think it's it is kind of shitty for him to have made that decision for her. It's also the first instance, really, of, of something that the tenth Doctor kind of clarifies mm. in School Reunion, like he can't look back. Like he has to keep moving forward because eventually mm. all of his friends will grow old and die or die because of circumstances he's brought them into or whatever and he can't stand that so it's easier for him to just move on oh, I know what bit of canonic sponge but Susan's apparently a time lord yeah. so, so that wouldn't that happen so yeah, yeah. I, so not so much I'd change the canon more I feel like there's one story we never got that would have been really lovely to do it now wouldn't have the same impact I think you know, it's you, too far along. You know, Even though Carolyn Ford would t- probably totally be up for it. She'd be like, yeah, go on, why not? You know what a bit of canon I'd like to explain? Then again, someone else could play Susan. It, I'd like to get rid of Saga Brig. Yeah. <laughs> Look, can we just pretend that Cyber Brig never happened? Just never occurred. <laughs> just never, never happened. Yeah. Yeah, I, there's not a ton of um, classic series continuity that I can think of that I'm just like well that sucks <laughs> I want to change that I'm, I'm fairly you know I, I, I like a lot of because it was it had a very light touch to continuity even when it started getting a bit more self-referential like say in the late JNT J, JNT mm-hmm. era um, that's his late era not the late JNT's you know yeah um, <laughs> the 80s started yeah. referencing itself a lot I'm, more I, I, still li- I still like which a, when it started doing it. in the 2010s I was like this is getting annoying now please stop mm. Uh, Twitter user Dimensions in Gen has been doing a thread that they update every now and again where um, they add references to the classic era, albeit direct or implied, mm. from the modern era. And some of them are really subtle ones, like, you know, Doctor mentioning to Rose, like, I was a dad once. And she's like, sorry, what? And then he moves on. Like, that's a little reference to the fact that he had a family, which we know because of Susan, you know, things like that. Other stuff which I never even realised, when the Cyber King arises from the Thames in the next Doctor... One of the, the, the shot of it going past these chimneys, amongst a bunch of posters stuck to the brick wall on this building, is like a poster from the Talons of Wang Chan. Oh, yeah, the Lee Chang Chan stuff. And it's like that's interesting. Like, mm. I never noticed that before. There's like a, there's like a freaking um, costumes from not Doctor characters in the wardrobe in the Christmas Invasion. Yeah. And it's like, wait, what? Like just you know, like the second Doctor's chest is in there. There's an umbrella holder in a blink and you'll miss it shot that has the seventh. And six Doctor's umbrellas in it, and another character's hat hung on one of the umbrellas. It's just mm. like, what the fuck? Like, I never noticed these things. So it's like, that's quite a cool thread. Um, but yeah, the, the, in the 2010s, the show references the classic era so much that I'm so, <laughs> to the point of distraction. Yeah. I'm like, mm, keep moving forward. The reason the show survived is because it changes. Yeah. It's called the double dip, or go back sometimes, or go, fuck it, we'll bring back that monster because we've got an idea for him. Yeah. Fair enough, but like, the universe feels small if you just keep referencing yourself. Yeah. Like, a Star Wars feels small if it's all about the same few characters and locations. It feels too small. Which is fine if the story is just about them. But when you go into the spin-off media, Solo, a Star Wars story, yeah. just randomly freaking bump into Ponda Baba and whatever from the canteen from Star Wars. No, another that's Rogue planet. One. Is that in Rogue One? Yeah. And they just bump into him and you're like, yeah. oh. I mean, I know this is set not that long before Star Wars, but why are they on this planet? Yeah. You just made it feel really small now. Like, yeah. Huh? Um, there's one in Solo somewhere where it's like a cameo of something and you go, what? Is it... No, 3PO and R2, that's in Rogue One as well, isn't it? They're, yeah. they're on that planet. Yeah. And that yeah. makes sense because that does make sense, to be fair. Yeah, but it's also like, 
Why? Yeah, I get you. <laughs> Why? You're making this. You're you. telling stories of not the Skywalkers, you. and you're making the universe feel very small. Um, as if the story's good, don't give a shit. Fair enough, but it's little little choices. So same with Drew. Um, last little bit coming in from Jack as well. Little add-on. Jack with um, an add-on. Also, a Lego Doctor Who game would be awesome. There have been rumours, but I doubt it. Doctor Who, despite having proof of concept in Lego Dimensions, isn't a large Lego license like Star Wars, Batman, Marvel. It would be the best Doctor Who game going, though. Would it be the best Doctor Who game going? I agree. Do you know yes. why? Why do you agree? Any Doctor Who video game that isn't an indie title along the lines of what I believe is the best Doctor Who video game up to this point, which is The Lonely Assassins, yes. which is a mobile game that you can play on console on Steam, but it's a mobile game. Yeah. Um, every Doctor Who game is doomed to fail, because what does the Doctor not do? Uh, shoot things yeah don't punch and combat things yeah. the eternity clock for the PS3 attempted to sort of balance that out by it being an 11th Doctor and River story yeah. where River would do combat and the Doctor would do puzzle solving but the layout the design just was not it was it left so much to be desired it didn't work it mm-hmm. really did not work uh, the adventure games great because yeah. they were puzzles third person adventures puzzles with stealth combat mechanics yes so you would set traps for the villains or avoid them they work fine, but the reason one of the reasons why they work brilliantly is because they were partially historicals and scientific lessons. Mm. They they follow the sort of the ethos of the original few years of the show of it being history and science lessons. Stuff set in the future, you're gonna learn some shit about science. Stuff set in the past, you're gonna learn some shit about history. Great idea. Um, the, the Lego Dimensions and the Doctor Who expansion gave us the best of both worlds in terms of staying faithful to Doctor Who. Yeah, but also. Video game action, you know, violence, yeah. um, set pieces, because it's Lego, so you're just smashing toys to pieces. You are smashing toys to pieces. And it doesn't feel like the Doctor is punching Daleks. It feels like a little Lego toy of the Doctor is punching a Lego Dalek. Yeah. It, it, it's, there's, enough, there's enough separation that it didn't feel weird. Um, I have revisited that Dimension set before. It's a ton of fun to play through. Ton of fun. It referenced every era of the show in a way that was nice because it was like, again, just Easter eggs or things that you'd only really notice if you knew it. You're not getting yourself caught up in wibbly wobbly fan wanky. Yeah, wibbly yeah. wobbly fanny wanky. Wait, no. <laughs> um, I think I think that would be that would be ideal. Yeah. Like that would be the yeah. best way to do a Doctor I Who agree. video game would be a Lego Doctor Who one. Whether it not being a big enough license to for TT games to Warner Brothers games to justify it, sure, but. Lego Ninjago, despite being well, you know, selling sets and a show that did well on like Cartoon Network or whatever in the states. Yeah. The the Lego Ninjago movie game doesn't like do gangbusters. Lego City franchise does well, but it's not like blockbuster numbers. Well, yeah, it, it, it took them a long time. Well, they didn't. They didn't. Never did a sequel to it. They they re, they remastered it and re released it on Switch. Mm. But they didn't. Re, they didn't do a sequel. So. So, like, and again, I know Indiana Jones is a bigger known global brand, but, like, Lego Indiana Jones wasn't shit, really. Like, it was, as yeah. in, it wasn't anything but shit. It was just fine. Oh, yeah, I was shocked they did two of them. Oh, yeah, same with the Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. It was just fine. Yeah. Like, so, why not go, do you know what? Fuck it. Here's a Doctor Who one. God, Lego Pirates of the Caribbean. What a weird one to yeah. do. What a weird one to do, man. Lego like, Jurassic World was fucking weird as well. Yeah, I didn't like that one. 
Mostly, mostly because they made all the side stuff to earn everything so weirdly complicated. Like, it became very, like, here's the open world of Jurassic Park in between all the story stuff. Oh. Oh, what's that? You just wasted six hours trying to figure out how to make this thing work. Spoiler alert, you can't do that until you've unlocked 70 red bricks. Do you know what I mean? Is it, there was no... There was no indication of whether you were wasting your time trying to figure out puzzles. And I that. mean, it's a video game, Christopher. It just does nothing but waste your time. True, but there are ways to there are ways to do that that feel like you're being led into an experience where you, your choices then like inform the the fun you have. Yeah. Or or we're just going to put this here and hope it distracts you enough so that you feel you've spent your money's worth on this game. Mm. Because you've used time. Like, I would much rather play a 12-hour campaign of something that really draws me in and is brilliant than pay the same amount of money for something that takes me 70 hours to complete, but because it's just leading me on a goose chase to figure out how to complete it. Yeah. That's what a lot of those LEGO games kind of feel. Like, to me, the last... Bar Dimensions, which was a big-ass experiment, the last great LEGO game, to me, was LEGO Batman 3 Beyond Gotham, which Mm. is, like, 20... 12 2013 yeah. um yeah like after that they all kind of shit the bed a bit yeah <laughs> they don't really know what they're doing i tend it's, to agree i tend to agree you know, and I, you know I, like, I liked um you know i liked uh lego dimensions and and i'm looking forward to the skywalker saga but i think part of that is yeah. just down to the nostalgia of yeah these were like the first ones like a star wars one let's see them do it again but like lego force awakens was pointless for example yeah really pointless it was like let's stretch out one movie for as much as we can it's like i eh? whereas at least with this one you know what you're getting this is an adaptation of nine films with dlc side missions that are based on the spin-off movies and spin-off tv shows mando 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 um look at that we started talking about doctor who and we went back to star wars do you know why why because time is a flat circle um, oh, bitch. <laughs> uh, is that it for our emails for, for today? For our yeah, I've got, no more, I've got no more emails. Uh, if you've sent anything else in elsewhere, tough luck, we didn't see it today. <laughs> <clears throat> but if there's anything relevant to any pop culture thing, really, you want to ask us, get off your chest, uh, or say about the show, maybe, yeah. uh, now's the time. Big damn contact at gmail. Dot com. Yes. Turn to Pierce Brosnan next with you. Gmail.com. Because I'm in this town, it's none of your business. Well, as long as I'm living here, then maybe you shouldn't be living here! Uh, you can also tweet us at Big Damn Cast. And if you want all future perks and access to upcoming stuff, hint, hint, support us for as little as a quid a month at patreon.com slash big damn cast. But until next time. Next time. I'll be deadly serious next time. 299 down. One to go.